0: Welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast brought to you by the Adventure Archive. My name is Ryan. I'm Hunter. And today we are going to be reviewing Rune Cairn Warden Saga, the Souls-like Norse fantasy RPG from Kalen Lesur. Uh, First of all, wow, that cover. It's such a good cover. It's gorgeous. Krom. Good fucking job. It's absolutely stunning. We talked about this I think last time. Uh older we get, the more we're into pink. And uh love pink. I really love all all of the pinks and magentas and everything on this cover. It's great. Um so for those who don't know, Rune Cairn Warden Saga is kind of the second-ish kind of version of Rune Cairn um, which is a cairn name and into the odd hack um which it's a really interesting game. I really like the original, but it was it was probably maybe just a little light to to have on the on the show as a full episode we like games between like eh, like 70 and 100 pages i think is is our sweet spot 70 that's a very good space for us yeah um but with runecaron warden saga um it is the basic you know core rules from the original book um it is the beneath the broken sword intro adventure and some advanced rules and um aside from the fact that the hardback is gorgeous um we feel that it is of a, a solid length for what we average what we normally do um so we definitely wanted to talk about it so this will be fun and we'll get to that in just a minute how are you doing this morning man you know i'm doing pretty good i'm
1: along, a little sleepy per usual but i'm feeling Pretty-ish. good i like this
0: game i'm stoked to
1: talk about it um and go through yeah. it a little bit deeper because I, I really just got a chance to skim it this week but you know it's, it's very much in my realm, you know, it's a Norse Dark Souls, like, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Sick. Yeah, 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 right. Yep. I mean, that's really all you need to do is just say that and you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have me. I think that's how I described it words. to you. And you were like, oh, what? Sure. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: It's like, yeah, it's like, getting into the odd hack. It's like Norse Dark Souls. It's like, oh, yeah, those are all. Yeah. Those are all right my in your, favorite things. <laughs> yep.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to do what we frequently do um and that is uh switch over to kick start the podcast
1: we're kicking starting the podcast
0: we're kicking starting it oh let's put that back up oh no that's not what i want big ryan uh there we're it still is it up. we it's, forgot how to do this you know every week we forget how to do it so we're gonna start with some fiscal rewards this week um the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, something we talked about. You know what I love is when we get a physical reward for a game that we previously talked about on Kickstarter, the podcast, which I think is the whole point of this segment yeah. here.
1: yeah. Pretty, yeah kinda, but I love it.
0: Yeah. It's nice. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is called Skin Job from um, Yagi Skin Games. Job um and first of all this is the cover what do you notice about this cover right away it's a nice virgin cover it's a nice virgin cover look like how beautiful we that lo- is we love we love a cover that does not say anything on it it's just a big piece and of then art. and then it's just got skin job on the back which is fantastic but also my god Michael Harmon does this just absolutely stunning insane art like it's the really colors. Nice. Like, just, the, just his style is absolutely gorgeous. Um, can't get over that enough. And I just, gosh, I love that cover so much. Um, so um, this is a putrid, <coughs> deep pit of filth set in the horrific desolation of Murkborg. Um Basically, it is an adventure um, where uh, Lord Felbane has mostly ignored the problem of recent disappearances in the forest, But two weeks ago, the Lord's two children vanished from their home, and the sheriffs and deputies sent after them have not not been heard from since. Um, And just this morning, the Lord's most favored advisor was apparently kidnapped, leaving a bloody trail leading into the nearby forest. Um, And the Lord has commissioned willing scum and press gang the unwilling to rescue his missing children and trusted advisor um, from the unknown forces in the haunting and dangerous blood tree wood um super fun uh super fun fun for fun for those of us who think that Mark borg and dying in the dying world is fun um <laughs> but, super fun uh, to I'll be like,
1: like really dark shit
0: yeah <laughs> um but again the art in it is stunning throughout um i love the big yog kind of stuff throughout as well um really interesting little adventure i've got to skim through it the problem with a lot of Mark work stuff is i don't want to read it too deeply just in case jason decides yeah. to run it um so so i've skimmed like bits and pieces of it and got like especially through the intro part um and definitely looked through the art which again is absolutely stunning um it's just laid out really interesting like i really really like a lot of the ways oh, that they do stuff cool. so yeah so um <clears throat> cool little like baby head and stuff so, uh, so, yeah, so that is skin job. That's the first thing we're going to be looking at. Um, next is uh, a lot of Mercborg stuff. Uh, one of our favorite Mercborg people, Christian Icorn. Well, we both back a lot of this stuff. But, yeah, me I more than anything. I know, actually think. didn't back uh, either of these, so. Oh, well, I did. So, uh, this is <laughs> Apocrypha from Christian Icorn. Um, and we were talking about this before. I think I have all but maybe two things that Christian Icorn put out um we really really like his stuff a lot um it's really great it looks really good um he i love that it's the Merkborg style but not just like let's do everything pink and yellow and then not really do anything else like he really um took that style and ran with it and made it his own which is always really interesting um and this one doesn't have like a ton of the like super like bold pink and yellows That a lot of people default to which if you read the original markboard yeah there's a lot of bright colored stuff but it's not just pink and yellow you know what i mean like it's not every page doesn't have to be yellow you get a lot of pages like this which which are fantastic the war pig um so what apocrypha is is a supplement in the same vein as uh like Ferritory or um uh or his own purgatory um where you get um a just a bunch of stuff there is unclean revival star signs apocrypha diseases cures dungeons monstrous races establishments um it's just kind of like a, a mix a hodgepodge of a bunch of different stuff and i really really like this for things like mark borg because there's i mean there's adventures out the wazoo right um but being able to add non like like extra stuff that's outside of the core book like, I want to run a monster that the players haven't read in the book already, or I want to run, yeah, totally. like, have a new disease or something like that. I love books like this, where it's just, like, a mix of really fun, cool stuff you can add to really put flavor into your game that your players probably haven't seen unless they also back this. Um, so, really, really cool book. Um, it's got a lot of stuff in it. I mean, it's not small. Um, it is 65, 60, yeah, 65 pages. Um, so really really nice got a lot of really cool stuff in it chris and icorn again it's pretty much like an instaback um good stuff and the cover is gorgeous i love i love this on the cover yeah yeah that's neat um and then the last one for our physical rewards for today is Fleo. that's what that's it's (laughs) fleo they write it in the book uh, front cover, first of all, is gorgeous. Look at this like house with the eye on it. And you're like walking yeah, in. Very great. Right? Cool. And then the back cover. Look at this. Same kind of like walking into a thing, but it's just like night with like the eye creature thing. Like really, really gorgeous art. Yeah. Um, and Fleo <laughs> is uh, a brutal oh. medieval early Renaissance Baroque fantasy RPG Inspired by Black Hack 2E and their own Black Sword Hack. This is from um, Kobayashi. Really, really cool. This is one of the, one of those projects I was like, that we've talked about this before. Um, if you're gonna do a project, it was basically written when the yeah. Kickstarter came out, um, and yeah, then it, it just needed. That Kickstarter was not that long ago. No, 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 no not at all. Um, and then uh, basically all they have to do is some small edits maybe add some stuff if they did any um this was funded march 3rd so like a month and a half to go from funding to uh, a drive-through rpg print on demand in my hand and i've had this for a couple yeah, days now actually that's yeah i mean i've had i have my code i just haven't ordered it yet but yeah, yeah it's like it's a that's a perfect kickstarter project as far as i'm concerned like have the book almost completely written um again there was some they sent out the pdf so that people could look at it and then if anything was like super off uh they could adjust it um they could have like a couple hundred people look at it for edits which i think there were a bunch um and then send it to freaking drive through and, and send out the pod codes and that's what it was and it's really cool that's really really interesting i like the way that they do a lot of stuff um within it like the, the classes character creation the art throughout looks really really cool too um it's just uh really well done, really interestingly laid out. Looks cool. Uh, so, yeah. The fonts in it are are gorgeous. I love I love the way that they do this for each section with just like a big piece of art and this kind of like sideways font. Yeah. Um and look at this piece, the chaos and revenge piece. Like that's beautiful. Very cool. So I really like the sorcery page. The sorcery page oh. looks really cool. Looks so good. And like the layout all throughout is really, really well done. The lore in this is really, really interesting. I really like the setting that they did. Um and then the mechanics, as I said, are kind of like a, a black hack hack. Um, which black is hack. something that we we haven't really talked about black hack yet.
1: We're we just uh, going over it, I think, a time or two, but I think I, our our call out was that it's it's pretty
0: long, isn't it? Am I thinking It's kind of a little bit long and I think we were debating yeah. whether we were gonna do the black hack or whether so we were gonna hack. do well, we can do both. Um, but or we were just gonna pick a game that uses black hat. Like oh, if we were gonna do like um like uh bullets under neon sun or something like that that we uses black hat. Right. I fucking love that game. <laughs> and then we were we were I think we were just deciding whether we were gonna do kind of like maybe like two part longer episodes with some of the games that are a little bit longer like that or DCC and stuff like that. We'll decide, we'll get there. Um yeah, but anyway. how you feel in the comments about that. So would you watch yeah. a two part episode?
1: let us know well,
0: i mean our short episodes got a decent viewership so and that was a two-parter but that's fair and lancer was too anyway Flayo, really interesting rule set really interesting world really really well laid out book awesome art this is definitely a super super good pickup um definitely going to keep my eye on anything that kobayashi does in the future going forward and yeah, that, that, that is flaio
1: very quality like yeah ttrpg right there like
0: yeah, the book's
1: a good size too. It's like it's not small. It's a big oh, book. Like,
0: yeah, if you compare yeah. it to, to zine size, it's definitely like. And, and I like it's, like it's it's kind of got squarish. You know what I mean? Like it's obviously not. It's a little rectangular, but it's not. It's much, like, it's got some extra length, like some girth to it. It's a it's a it's a it's a wide book. You know? Yeah, and I don't um, think the Kickstarter was that expensive. It wasn't. It really, really wasn't. That was another thing. I think the um the print one it was like 12 pounds or 12 euros so 15 bucks and then and then what was the uh print on demand code for it or cost for it yeah so you are paying like 35 bucks you know 30 35 bucks to have it in your hand it's kind of a big book for 35 bucks you know yeah it's nice it's i think that's industry standard size and stuff like that for a hardback you know it's not too bad at all and it's got uh roughly where's the page numbers Am I... Oh, no, they're at the top, because I'm a jackass. Done uh, great. Up. Yeah, that's like 80... 95 pages. Roughly. Respectable. So, decent size, really nice. It's a good book. The lore in is really neat, right up my fucking alley. Um, it's definitely a game that is immediately going on my list of I want to fucking play this one. Um, and those are our physical rewards from today. Um, But we also have just a couple of... um non-physical rewards some actual uh games to go over um even though i personally do not have any backed projects right now even though i'm probably going to back all the ones we're going to talk about today first one i want to talk about is uh children of i'm going to say uma that's my guess um, um. <laughs> uma? yeah like like of, of the thurman kind um <laughs> i mean it sounds right so this is a cinematic storytelling post-apocalyptic adventure RPG from 3-2-1 action. Um, after the apocalypse, the world entered a neo-dark age. The convenience of a big city became a death trap. People manage on the fringe in groups trying to survive, each with their own goals. The world has been divided into bands, some big, some small. Yours is small. The Hell Sings, a band of wild animals trying to reclaim a world forgotten. This is from John McGuire, also known as Hambone, um, who co-hosts and hosts a bunch of podcasts. um, But He co-hosts the Vintage RPG podcast, um, which is a cool podcast and also a really um, uh, interesting Instagram page that is, I think, mostly run by Sue Horvath um, with John McGuire as the co-host of the podcast. Um, but, But yeah, this looks really, really neat. The art is beautiful um the only thing with when i see a motorcycle and a helmet like this all i can think of is durarara <laughs> you know what i'm talking about
1: yeah i definitely do i've yeah. only seen like a few episodes but i mean i'm fine it was, with that i liked that show from what i saw yeah
0: so. it was cool uh, it, it's all <laughs> right I, I i wish i liked it more than i did but um but i really see, did like that. very
1: much in my realm i'm like I don't yeah like this, i know so
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: oh, okay. This is like, you would, what did you say? Neon apocalyptic? Is that what you said? Or no, you neo, said neo, neo dark age. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Neo dark age apocalypse. And you're part of the Hellsings, a group of animals that are, uh, that yeah, are, not, uh, trying to reclaim a forgotten I world. So far. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you yeah, sold yeah. me. Yep. Uh, it is a love letter to all the great 70s and 80s post-apocalyptic action adventures with plucky survivors roaming a wasteland. It yeah, it looks really Mad cool. Max. Yeah, it's got like Mad Max mixed with animals. Like it, it's it's pretty neat. Um, I mean, obviously, they're not like really animals um, because there's like I assume these are people here and there's just animal helmets. Um, but again, still hits me that do rah 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 thing except they actually have heads. Um, But yeah, the art looks really, really gorgeous. Um, I don't know a lot about the 3-2-1 action system, um, but apparently it is um, designed to be a very cinematic storytelling game. Um, So uh, this would be a fun one to kind of get into that 3-2-1 system, I think. So a really interesting project. Uh, It's got 18 days left. um, And looking at the costs, uh, it doesn't seem too bad at all. If you want to get the PDF, it's only $10. Uh, if you want to get uh, the 321 Action Rulebook, uh, a solo adventure called Ski Quest, um, Rocket to Russia, Escape from Point Nemo, and Children of Uma PDF, all of that is only $15. That's not bad. Um, I mean, all the if you want, is just $20. Yeah, dude. Like, it's PDF. Yeah, PDF and physical of all of the things I just said the 321 Action Rulebook, Ski Quest, and Children of Uma. Three softcover PDFs with all or three soft cover books with all the PDFs is only twenty bucks. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. And the hardcover for all of that stuff, well, I don't think they're all hardcover. It's physical copies, but with the Children of Uma hardcover, it's only thirty-five dollars. Like that's a crazy good deal. So yeah, so you should definitely check this out. It looks really really neat. Um, I definitely convinced myself to back this now um and uh and yeah check it out uh, children of uma uh 18 days left it is a little bit short of the goal the goal is seven thousand dollars and it's currently sitting at 41 57 so in 18 days i definitely think that this could be pushed over the edge um looks fun looks interesting go back it uh and then you are going to talk about what i am going to talk about albion
1: tales a retro fantasy adventure zine bundle for OSE um yeah uh, albion tales is by leyline press who has done a couple projects i think they did um andromeda which ryan has which is a that mothership uh module and then they did salvage union which has not been released yet but it's like a a mech um tcrpg um the albion tales uh zine bundle is just three different um OSE compatible um like little fold out zine adventures it's got the Isle of Glassin. Glason. I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm American. I can't pronounce shit. Uh, yeah, which is a uh, fun little hex crawl. It looks like a ooh, the cool little hex crawl map it comes with. Then you have the Bastard King of Thraxford Castle, um, which is a macabre feudal adventure, which sounds sick. And then the god with no name. Um, which is another, I think it's a very like a uh, primordial sea creature god adventure. Um, but yeah, it's very cool. I, one thing I really like about this is that it's a very, very simple Kickstarter. There aren't any, um, there aren't any like, uh, help me out. What word am I looking for?
0: Stretch goals? Um, what's up? Did you see stretch goals or what?
1: Yes, there's no stretch goals. Thank you. I'm still waking up. There's no stretch goals, which like I actually am okay with a lot of the times. I uh, love so that. Often. Yeah, I wanted to focus on the game. Sometimes I'm like, oh, it's really cool. But they're like, <clears throat> no, they're just focusing on these zines. And it's pretty affordable, too. The, uh, let's see, the pledge options are for uh, about $9 to so £7. You can get all three PDFs. Um, or for um, £15 or about $19, you can get all of the physical copies with PDFs as well. Um, yeah, it's cool. Cool three mini zines for your osc adventures give you a little more father for your world i'm into it
0: you know i really like it i think they look really cool i know it's they, they make this in the same style that they did andromeda which yes. is like it's a it's a page but yeah, the way that they total cut total it in the middle down. and fold it up i love that like that mm-hmm. i want to do zines like that going forward forever like it's it's so cool how it becomes like a whole page or like a little flip through zine and it's got like a little video running on it Really, really yeah, also, it cool because you
1: can see how they set up the little, like the little map and but yeah, it's yeah. it's a cool little like zine pack. I really like it, so I backed it. Yeah. I'm getting the physical.
0: Yeah, copies. I'll I'll be back in this one for sure. Um, the other thing too is I don't know if you've noticed, but the pound and the euro have really been coming down towards the dollar a little bit more. I mean, great, the world's ending, so hopefully
1: they're much think more reasonable for forever.
0: us. Yeah, I mean, 15 pounds is only 19 dollars. <gasps> I remember before when it would be like real stretched. And I know the euro is only like a dollar, it's like 1.08 to like one dollar, so it's really, really close. So it's much more reasonable for us filthy Americans to get these cool euro projects. Um, when uh, you know,
1: six months from now, when our housing market collapses and we go through another 2007, but you know,
0: (laughs) oh yeah, that's great, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good thing I didn't start my retirement yet. Um (laughs) And this project is also like way past funded, um, but still looks really cool. And you know, OSC is obviously going to be dropping their uh, the box set coming out soon. I know the kicks the the the. Um, oh, is there a box backer kit coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you would heard about oh, it. Yeah, no, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah did it, it did, did okay. Did the
1: project do okay on Kickstarter? Did they make the? It did. More? It did okay.
0: <laughs> it did okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, with that coming out soon, uh, a lot of fun OSC projects coming out. So definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah, um, I am very and then, stoked
1: about that. I'm stoked to have like a whole, and I got a cool box to keep all my OSC stuff in. You
0: know? Oh, you do? Oh, you mean this? This that this, one over there? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're a little. It's off my screen right now. Um, but I have I somehow withheld backing the OSC box set since I already own all of the OSC stuff. Um, but Jason is going to snag a like a T-shirt and and some stuff like that for me off the uh, the pledge manager. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so I still get to get some stuff even though I had up, But I somehow held myself from backing all of the, um, the box set stuff, which was uh, really nice for my wallet. Um, the last one I want to talk about today is called The Ballad of Johnny Candlefingers. Um, right? Interesting. The Ballad of Johnny Candlefingers is a murder ballad point crawl set in a dust bowl, weird and wild western town. It's a simple adventure that you can run in one or two sessions with minimal prep. Um, It says there's rural stuff, creepy stuff, horrible stuff, burnt stuff, and it's a starting point for a campaign or a nice diversion from an existing one. Um, This is from uh, the Sealed Library, um, which if you don't know the Sealed Library, they've done a lot of really cool uh, solo uh, adventures. Um, They did the SRD for The Wretched um which is well the wretched and alone system which is uh chris the wretched game um they've done uh a lot of really cool stuff um i snagged most of their stuff when it was on sale not too long ago there's a post on our instagram um that talks about a lot of the adventures that they have done uh really really cool work um this one seems really interesting i think like weird creepy dust bowl kid setting stuff on fire sounds really cool that uh, actually does sound yeah. pretty cool. So yeah, Jonathan Van Wyke, as he was known, is a young boy who um, now has the terrible and barely controlled ability to burn things. He's steadily making his way around town, raising places to the ground. The town wants that to stop, and the party are asked with are tasked with doing it. So seems really neat. Uh, they're trying to itch. So this is on itch because um, again, Kickstarter the podcast is about all crowdfunding. Um, they are itch funding to try to get to a print run. Uh, and they're looking at $250. And I don't know when the, if this has been updated recently. It says they're about 20% of the goal. Um, so $250 will get it to a print run and $500 will be able to pay themselves well for uh, writing this. So it is actually a name your own price um, uh, right now to get this. So uh, go back it and give them money yeah. so we can get a cool uh, printed version of this. Um, and if this is the cover here on the side, it looks really, really neat. That as is most, really cool. Yeah. All Sealed Library stuff is as, as really, really cool. Um, really, really well done all the time. So go uh, check that out. Um, again, give them money. Let's get this in print.
2: Yeah. Go do
0: it. Yeah. And uh, while you're there, go browse more on Itch for really cool projects and pay creators to to make cool stuff for you because uh itch is really cool itch.io itch.io and again this is the ballad of johnny candlefingers from sealed library you can find it at SealedLibrary.itch.io, uh and then you can take it from there um and that that is all our uh Kickstarter of the podcast for today we kickstarted we did the, the podcast, podcast.
1: 30 Woo. minutes, good time, you know? Listen, we're we're that's our, we're cruising that's our goal these. time with
0: Kickstart the Podcast. Yeah. It's like
1: if we can get through it in 30 minutes, we're doing okay.
0: If we could actually pre-stream and start at 8 o'clock, it would be dope, but we don't. We pre-stream at like 8.05, we really get going at like 8.15. Yeah, know,
1: that was and then we're
0: then we're getting things. going. Yeah. Um and yes, for anyone who uh sees these cool boxes behind me, um, and now there's more right here. You're doing great. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, I hate it that it it's reversed. Uh, go check it's out like, our. I'm
1: watching, I'm watching you on our Zoom, and then I'm also at the channel up, and so I'm watching it's you backwards. struggle. And then I'm watching. Yeah. I'm looking at the the channel, and I'm watching you struggle again. Oh. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, uh, gorgeous boxes from the Eye Wizard. Go check out our last episode uh, for that for our second unboxing of all of these cool boxes. We do um, love the Eye in the show. I was just fucking badass. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the second of probably more unboxings of, of their stuff, of of his stuff in a in a bit. But you know, we'll 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 get to that when we get to that. Um, so uh let's uh why don't we uh why don't we get into Rune cairn
1: I will say major major
0: mines for me, they don't have a spreads version, so yeah. I am totally fine with that. But there aren't yeah, any spreads in the game. Yeah, it's easier for me to read. Just like it. But the, like we like right. zoomed in, you know. Zoom in on the on, on the single page. I, I um did. anyway, so as we talked about before, damn, how about this cover? Gorgeous. Again, artist name is sick. prom. So yeah. sick. Look at this. Cover wildly the, this, good. This, this like Viking looking guy is like streaking down like through lightning with their beard flying back, and he's just punching the shit out of this, like uh, bone snake dragon. It's just fucking amazing. It, it it's got so much action. It's got so much movement. The colors are gorgeous. Yeah, it's just it's 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 killing it. Crum Crum, you killed it. Uh, so yeah. So again, this is by Colin Lasour, Um, or Odin's Beard RPG. Um, if you go check them out on Instagram, you'll understand why. Dude's got a wicked beard. Um. And yeah, this is Runecairn. I wanted to, and kept forgetting to, in many of my piles here, um, I have the original Rune Cairn and the original Beneath the Sword um, oh, cool. zines separate, um, but now I don't need to worry about that, because it all comes in one. It all comes in one beautiful little package here, um, from Exalted Funeral. So ah. Yeah. So, uh, writing layout illustrations, Colin Lasore, cover art from Krom, um viking age illustrations jonas lau Marcusen, um and then you can find all nine resources which is fantastic loving people do that um and then a bunch of public domain art so uh as we roll into this we'll go right into a table of contents which is fantastic yeah um, not only that look at that, oh, look at it's that. hyperlinked oh. baby hyperlinked do we have bookmarks are there bookmarks in this bad boy look at all those bookmarks look at that 10 Mm. 10, right Mm. now just 10 for layout
1: Mm. no not
0: quite but in my opinion the bare minimums are met we have a table of contents that's hyperlinked we have bookmarks that'll get you places that's the other thing too is if you have bookmarks on your pdf you don't really necessarily need those um amazing beautiful troika links back to the chapter header and stuff like that because you can just open the bookmarks and just go back to where you want to go with a really easy scroll so again, I am minimum for me is hyperlinks, um, bookmarks are a really really nice addition, um, and then everything beyond that is you're not quite Troika, but you're getting there. Um, so uh, on the first page of the table of contents, we have the core cool rules, mm. um, which we will go over again. The book realistically is still not quite that long. Um, the advanced rules start on page. It's super no. super doable. Well, and then we're not going to go over the introductory adventure, obviously. We never read the adventures um, when we go over uh, games, because go buy the fucking book yeah, go buy, and go, go buy run the, the adventure. <laughs> um, so uh, it is 62 pages until the adventure, and then there's some appendices in the back from 76 on. Uh, so realistically, it's not that big of a book, but uh, it is, as we get in, uh, there's not it's not dent, but there's a, a lot of really good information. Um, so, inspirations, Dark Souls, obviously. As we go through, you'll see that um, Icelandic sagas, OSC, Valheim, and uh, and then we roll right into the core rules. These are so, all things that I love. So yeah, yeah. In the wondrous beauty of the aftermath, golden tables found among the grass, held by the gods in days of old. Then barren fields will bloom and grow. All harm shall be undone. That is the quote here on the beginning. Um, and then a really cool piece of art, gorgeous background with a cairn uh, right there. Um, and that is the piece of art that's on the back of the book. But it's in the book. So. It's also in the book. Uh, overview. Uh, what is Rune Cairn? Rune Cairn is a Norse fantasy tabletop role-playing game intended for two players. The warden, the facilitator, the, or game master, and the adventurer for solo play or two or more adventures see the advanced rules which is cool um first time i read through rune cairn what's really struck me is that it's so it's incredibly it sets it souls like it's freaking dark souls like it's it's and yeah. it's really done in a really cool way like you have reactions where you can literally roll away from damage like when you die you get birthed back you can like revive at a bonfire i mean uh, it's really really cool and it's basically dark souls with like a norse vibe to it um which is really really interesting Um, and I like that it's just a two-player game. Um, we need to start playing. We need to start doing some APs of this stuff, especially once your classes are done.
2: Um, They're done.
0: They were done last Thursday. Let's let's fucking do it. Well, you know the game that we're going to play first. The very first game we're going to play together. Xenosaga? Or not, it's not Xenosaga. Um, no, what what are we going to play? Bro, are you serious
1: about it? Is this on camera for you, but not for them? I can't really see what you're pointing
0: at. It's 12 years, man
1: oh fuck yeah we're gonna play 12 years bro yeah. oh my gosh yes we have to
0: i can't wait I we're gonna do 12 years
1: I re-read, I reread that this past week i was like fuck this game is so, so good. good
0: and then the hardbacks I'm, i've got to post my my pictures of the hardbacks the the only two in existence for the weekly scroll version of the hardback did you see I'm getting sidetracked here did you okay, see this t- one <laughs> with like we're, the we're also green
1: big max moon fans on the show yeah did you um, see the I new one with like, like, like that the, I the green
0: like. cover with like the paisley the the the, the pastel kind of in papers in it mm-hmm. on his instagram go check it out oh my god it's oh, stunning what? anyway okay, keep, keep keep reading rune Counter. i'm gonna go fucking look at this we're also gonna do xeno saga but then right in the top dude we we need to do rune Counter. It's like a two-player game this would be so much fun I obviously i'll be the to, gm
1: and you could be cool. the player
0: yeah. yeah super excited to do that so this is going to go on the top of the list as two player um uh uh game that we're going to run ap's for that's what i really want is a lot of two-player games isn't that gorgeous Yeah. okay so um the overview here we'll just go through quickly um talks about the design philosophy of the game um it is the warden's role is to be neutral uh you're playing out the situation and stuff like that you're the neutral arbiter arbiter you're the referee um, you're not a storyteller. Um, this is a game that's more about... Um, oh, God, why am I... I'm blanking, even though it's going to come up in just a moment as I continue to read. It's uh emergent storytelling right like the story right. comes from you playing you're not a storyteller walking your players through a story um the game is classless so uh you will pick Same. kind of um right <laughs> you'll pick uh you'll pick a role in the beginning but then the way that you can build out your character is entirely up to you um death is possible um but again in this game you can revive back at bonfires which is interesting um, you put the fiction first, which is what we just talked about. Um, you know, you are the arbiter, um, but uh, the rules it's rulings, not rules, really. Um, talking about growth and players' choices and the principles. The war in the adventure each have guidelines that foster a specific play experience defined by critical thinking, exploration, and emergent narrative. Um, and then there's a list of adventure types, which I really, really like having some guidance in the beginning on what kind of games to run versus just having nothing
1: I, I love that we've read it in a couple things and i think um what was the lumen one that we read um Nova had, yeah nova had it really well too where it's just like yeah here are the kinds of adventures you go on in these yeah. different areas i'm like oh i love that thank you Yeah, so good. thank you for taking some of the thought work out of it i can do the rest you know
0: yeah 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 it's definitely it's nice to get a little guidance too because even like as you if you just read a rule set Sometimes it's like, well, what's, like, is this for one-shots? Is this for campaigns? Yes. Like, what is this for? Um, I will say and- that re- recently a lot of the, like, more
1: modern ones have gotten a lot better at being, like, this is what this is for. But some of the old ones that we read, I'm just like, okay, is this it? yeah, or maybe that we don't read on here, but we read personally. I'm like, is this, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Is the one-shot. What's the, what's it supposed to play like, you know?
0: Right, exactly. Um, so, adventure mm-hmm. types are defend a village against roaming invaders, hunt a monstrous creature, stealing children. Reclaim a family cairn overwhelmed by the dead. Retrieve a powerful relic lost in the mountains. Confront a raging jotun blocking supplies reaching an isolated settlement. Broker peace between two jotun. Okay, my bad.
2: Yeah,
0: jotun, jotun. I apologize. Yeah, Norse is not my Norse is not my. uh... It's not. It's not at the top of my list of my favorite parts of the world.
1: It's. It's. I know. It's literally at the top of my yeah, list. I love guy. the
0: Norse stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You like the Norse stuff. And I like the like the mud blood, like Western European, like whatever. <laughs> um, uh, protect a caravan journey traveling through dangerous territory. Infiltrate a secretive cult worshiping forgotten gods or explore newly discovered lands in search of a mythical beast. I also like that there's ones in here that are clearly more RP oriented versus yeah. like combat oriented. So, like retrieve a powerful relic or reclaim a family Karen overwhelmed by the dead, you know, or hunt a monster stealing children. Sounds very combat oriented, but like broker peace between two warring clans, you know, infiltrate a secret of cult, uh worshiping forgotten gods. Clearly gonna have uh some more RP elements to it, which would be interesting yeah, it to fucking go. Sick. <laughs> yeah, it sounds dope as fuck, right? Um and then some cool art here. I like that they do these. Like very Viking style pieces, but they it's always like a color scheme to the whole piece. So you'll get like red ones and yellow ones and green ones.
1: Yeah, Yeah. this like public domain art that they kind of have on here is like it's so good. Like it really is Mm -hmm. very good. And there's a lot of it in this book and it's it's so cool.
0: So and I think it's a mix of public domain and other ones because it says Viking Age illustrations are from Jonas Lau Markison. Um, which is cool so i i think this is probably one of those illustrations it doesn't seem very public domain it looks more like a like a digital art piece makes sense so if that's theirs this is gorgeous and i think there's definitely but there's definitely a bunch of pieces that are like that kind of like um like almost like wood carving kind of looking pieces like the the older public domain style which is really cool and it fits really well with this style of art which is cool um More principles here. Uh, Principles for the Warden. Uh, It talks about information, which is providing information. Um, Difficulty, which is default to context and realism rather than numbers and mechanics. If something the player wants to do is sincerely impossible, don't let them roll. That's like the worst mistake you can make, especially when you're like an early 5 EDM. Is just like you don't want them to do it, but you're like, sure, why not? Like, only if you get a 20. Of course they're going to get a fucking 20. They're going to get a fucking 20, (laughs) yeah. Same thing. (laughs) If you want to give them information, don't make them roll for perception because you're going to make it a 10 and they're going to get a one every time. So don't do that. (laughs) Um, Preparation. The game world is organic, malleable, and random. It intuits and turns sharply. Use random tables and generators to develop situations, not stories or plots. I think we've talked about this a bunch. We are both moving very sharply towards letting the game be the game. And whatever story evolves from it, because the human brain is designed to create a narrative, even yes. in things that don't make fucking sense, it will create its own narrative. And it's <laughs> a lot more fun to have players create this emergent narrative from the game, as opposed to a GM writing a story and then running your players through, occasionally letting them dice roll, but knowing the end already. Like, and it's also less prep you know what i mean like you can just do like random shit and improv the
1: biggest thing is it's it's less prep (laughs) prep. like it is fucking prep a little bit sit down know the world and like let them let them decide what's going on what's happening you know yeah
0: yeah you know and it puts a little bit more impetus on you to have a little bit more um improv and flexibility but as a gm that's what i want i want to have fun
1: exactly and that's why like i'm really big into theater of the mind games because i don't have to prep a bunch of maps you know
0: i I like having maps when it comes to combat and like having pictures when it's not um because my head my brain just doesn't work in that i I need to visualize where the things are but i totally get where you're coming from um as far as as far as that and keeping things a little bit more um uh theater of the mind when you don't need a single map for every single situation you're in only if you're gonna end up in like combat and you feel like this combat area maybe have just something to throw tokens onto maybe yeah but that's it but we've definitely like i said we've been really steering more into emergent narrative as opposed to like writers like to, again to me because if i write out a whole story basically i'm just like reading through the pages as we play oh, yeah that that, that I, became very really, unfun
1: yeah it really takes away a lot from my ability to be a good game master as well because i like what? i'm so focused on what i wrote that i'm not like in my improv head and like reacting actively to my players so but
0: yeah so it's 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 much better to like you said like know the world and maybe have some like big like points that have a little bit more like involved in it if they find them, but definitely not like okay they're gonna do this and then they're gonna find this information here so then they're gonna do this and then they're gonna go find this information here and then they're gonna do this just write a book just write a book that's what yeah. you do you're just yeah. writing a book okay. and occasionally letting <laughs> people roll dice just write a book. Yeah. Uh, so it talks about preparation, using tables. NPCs don't want to die; infuse their own self-interest in their own personality. Um, it talks about a narrative focus. Is what we just talked about emergent experience of play is what matters, not math or adventure abilities. Give the players weapon. Uh, give the player weapon trainers and personal quests to facilitate improvement and specialization. Um, it talks about danger. The game world produces a real risk of pain and death for the adventure. You can telegraph serious danger to the players when it is present. The more dangerous, the more obvious. Um, and you can put traps in plain sight, and let the player and let the players take time to discover a solution. Um, choice: Give the players solid choice to force outcomes when the situation lulls. Use binary, so A or B responses, when their information when their intentions are vague, um, and work together with this conversational progress to keep the game moving. Um, and then the die of fate. Occasionally, you will want an element of randomness such as the weather or unique character knowledge at these times. Roll a d6, four or more favors of players, three or under means bad luck. And then we have another gorgeous piece, this illustration here of what looks to be a young man um, reaching for a sword held by um, a, a woman. Um, probably some magic y stuff involved here. People usually it's just like, like hand a, out swords. It's,
1: it, it's not, maybe, probably, but it's almost like a, the Lady of the Lake in King Arthur. It, it gets...
0: does. It gives you that kind of vibe for sure. Um, and this <laughs> one's got a blue kind of overlay over it. And then immediately goes into like a yellow page. Again, similar, uh, same kind of illustration of what appears to be like a pillar with something on top and these people looking up at it. Um, a man and a woman, the woman in these white clothes that make her look like she's glowing. Uh, really, really beautiful piece. Um, and then principles for the player. We just went over the warden ones. So this is for the players. And this is what they talked about in the beginning, where there's a, a clear set of yeah. principles for the warden and the player. So you know that your responsibilities when you're playing the game. Um, principles for the player are agency. Your attributes and related saves do not define your adventure or are tools. Don't ask only what your character would do. Ask what you would do, too, and be creative with your intuition, items, and connections. Um, exploration is another topic. You can ask questions and listen to details for more useful stats. Um, and take the warden's description without suspicion. But Don't shy away from seeking more information. One of the things that they talked about in the warden section was like, don't lie. Give them the information that they need. It's not about scheming. Like You're laying out the world, so lay out the world for them so they have the information so they can make good choices. Um, talking treat NPCs as if they're real people and rely on your curiosity to safely gain information so like when you meet an NPC you don't just like sh- when you meet a person in real life you never just like walk up to some rando and just like start talking and get their whole life story without <laughs> ever even asking their fucking name you know what I mean um, so talk, to, talk to NPCs like they're real people you know um, use caution fighting is a choice and rarely a good one um use planning thinking of ways to avoid your obstacles through reconnaissance subtlety and fact finding um and ambition set goals and use your meager means to step to take steps forward and expect nothing um you earn your reputation i skimmed through each one of those has a couple of bullet points same thing with the warden um so that was a quick skim through that section do you want to skim through the principles of the world? Principles of the world.
1: <laughs> uh, I got like, I just only have had an energy drink and some water today, so I'm all like, I don't know. An energy great. seltzer? Yeah, energy uh, is seltzer. Sponsored by Celsius. Uh, so uh, the Nine Realms. No. The Battle of Ragnarok is done and the world is broken. The realms are full of danger and wonder. Uh, There are echoes of the old world everywhere. Uh, Travel between the realms is perilous and rare. Yeah, you gotta have that uh, that fucking, um, you know, fucking nine realms, man. Gotta gotta climb the world tree and reach all of its branches. Um, The gods, the Aesir and the Vanir are all dead or missing. Uh, Mjolnir is lost and Gungnir is broken. Uh, The Joden are scattered. Most fled to Jotunheim. Gungnir is uh, fucking, you know what Gungnir is? Fucking uh-uh. like Odin's spear, you know? Oh, okay. If you make an oath on it, it's unbreakable, you know? Uh, Interesting. So, the Titans, uh, the sons of Fenrir, wander hungry and feral. Jormungandr is dead. Their skeleton, long-picked, clean, fucking cool. Strange new Titans roam unchallenged and dormant. Um, that's fucking cool. Imagine Jormungandr, like, a, a fucking planet-sized, a world-wrapping serpent... But just the skeleton just laying out, you know, is that this guy? Is that this guy, you think? Probably. Yeah, that's probably what that is refer- uh, referring to. But um, fucking cool. Or the art is refer- referencing, but bonfires, uh, the light of a bonfire will always lead you back or will always lead you to safety. Bonfires link the nine realms. The flames of a bonfire never dwindle. Secrets. Uh, secrets are worth seeking out, but all are well guarded and dangerous. Some mysteries will never be solved. Magic. Magic is wild and unpredictable, will be <clears throat> with behavior changing from one realm to another. The use of magic draws unwanted attention. Uh, defeat. If one path leads to defeat, try another. Some obstacles cannot be overcome immediately. Uh, with every defeat comes new knowledge and opportunity. Death. Spirits gather in places of the dead. Remnants of the wars wander as shades of all humanity and vigor lost. Uh, death is not the end. Um, Viking age, though this is inspired uh, by the historical Viking age, roughly eighth to eleventh um, century BCE. The realms of Runekarn exist in a Norse fantasy world brimming with the mythology and folklore, ever changing and evolving. <clears throat> After that, we have another of these great art pieces that's like very, very you know monochromatic or you know it's got yeah. one blue it just uses the same blue it looks so cool i love that you know
0: and there's some type of like maybe water spirit with like a like almost poseidon kind of um trident coming out of what looks maybe like a like a mountain like runoff with this woman looks like hanging a out in the water yeah really really well done again these illustrations are super super cool i love how just like flowy all of the lines are it really puts a lot of motion in the yeah. in the water and the grass and things like that it looks really really well done
1: i like this is a post ragnarok um setting you yeah. know pretty cool all a lot of things
0: are of obviously pretty right? wow, Yeah, i
1: mean i think we've gone over a couple things that have kind of referenced it being somewhat post ragnarok uh maybe but this is like it's interesting to have like, yeah. It's the north. It's the north. North worlds of the gods because they're all fucking dead. Essentially all dead. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, they all die. And you're, just, in a to,
0: battle. And you're uh, just wandering around in this post-apocalyptic, post-Ragnarok world. Yeah, <laughs> but um,
1: yeah. So uh, adventure creation, creating a new adventurer. Um, you got to name them. So the first thing is you're gonna choose uh, or roll to find the name. <gasps> Are they? Oh. Oh. Yep. Yeah right there nice. then we have a nice inline,
0: inline hyperlinks inline Colin, my hyperlink. man wow. killing it killing oh. it yeah and then i just go to the bookmarks boom we're right back to where we were wow that's a uh, that's good we
1: love them inline hyperlinks they also make a lot of sense um yeah so you can choose a name or you can roll on the the name table and the table's pretty good um yeah. <coughs> do you want to roll on the
0: on the name table real oh, quick yeah, actually, or i will since you're talking yeah. yeah so it looks to be uh the names looks to be a d 100 let me pull up a uh let me pull up my dice roller and this will be a one hundo. we got a 58 so my name would be live Liv. <laughs> yeah i'm live
1: Liv, olivia live
0: uh, next I'm, you're going to be. olivia
1: and next roll your adventures traits, appearance, speech, personality, etc. on the adventure traits table on page 82, which I think you're already there.
0: Yeah. Physique. It looks like we got some D10 action, so let's see. Uh I got a five, so I'm rugged. I got a seven on skin, so it's smooth. I'm smooth and rugged. Smooth My... and rugged. Yeah. It's hard, to, it's hard to pull off, but Liv does it. Doesn't um they bear my hair expression. my hair is flowing makes sense you are rugged my f- my face is sharp my speech is <laughs> my speech is blunt same my virtue is tolerant definitely a, a, a role play challenge there my vice is aggressive all right and that's me yeah nice i'm 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 like rugged and smooth with a sharp face and a blunt speech (coughs) and i'm tolerant but aggressive fun cool so you get to
1: roll a bunch of traits that give you a little bit of insight to who your character is and then uh that's step number one step number two ability score you're gonna roll 3d6 for each ability in order you can swap any two um so we have strength dexterity wits and spirit Strength is exactly what you think of this. Dexterity is exactly what you think it is. Wits yeah. is exactly what you think it is. Wits, exactly um, <laughs> just so we're like clear, is used for saves, interrogating, um, provoking, manipulating spells. And then spirit is used for um, saves to charm, self-control, intimidation, persuasion, um, and belief. So I didn't go through strength and dex because if at this point, if you've been listening to the show and you don't understand what strength and dex is, I, I got nothing for you.
0: Interesting. <laughs> seriously do you yeah, want
1: to roll 3d6 you want to make a character while we're doing this
0: uh i can do that um 3d6 for each ability right yeah uh 3d6 and i'll actually um all right so i got a five wow that sucks <laughs> you're weak as fuck son <laughs> one of those are gonna be bad oh, yeah no you so rolled I them got... in order I know, but you can swap two. You can swap two, true. Um, uh, fuck, bro. I got a five, a six, a 13, and a 12. Wow. That's, that's really opposite of good stuff here. Um... I mean, I got a lot of wits and spirit and very little strength and deck. So when we get to classes, I guess I'll pick kind of a castery one. So we'll figure it out when we get there. All right. <laughs> What's next? Cool, sorry. Um, vigor, you're
1: gonna roll a D6 uh, to figure out what you're starting vigor. Vigor determines your self-determination, drive, focus, and is what stands between you and the hollow void. Uh, you lose one point of vigor at death. If your vigor drops to zero, you become a shade, a hollow being, and neither dead nor alive, and are lost to the darkness. I got two. Dude, I think I played that game before. You got two? Yeah,
0: yeah I got some low-ass vigor.
1: Uh, vitality. You're gonna roll another d6, and this is your uh, how hale and hearty you are, brother. I uh, I rolled a one. You fucking suck. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: And then resilience. uh, Step five resilience is your ability to avoid damage in combat. Resilience is made up of vitality and vigor. Add them together, and that's your resilient. Three. Three. When that drops to zero, you start taking strength damage. Um, If that happens, prepare to die. So it's very into the odd, right? You have like a buffer, and then after that, you take damage to strength um which i love i actually that's it's one of my favorite ways to track damage and health um yeah uh starting class uh this determines your initial equipment and skills Uh, each background has a key ability and key item your key items add new skills um you can change your class by picking up new key items if you meet the requirements Uh, you can only carry one key item at a time your starting class does not determine what type of adventurer you are uh, what you were do what you were does not dictate who
0: you can be. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I like I th- here's the thing. <clears throat> I think it's a really interesting and clever mechanic. There's a bunch of games that use like basically your like bad stuff that happens to you, takes away like abilities, right scores. And then there's other things where like, if you get like scars or fatigue or something like that, it starts to take up inventory slots. And this uses that too. I think that's incredibly clever and incredibly well done. Um, it's not my favorite way to do it, but I think it's, I don't know how to say it except it's clever. Like it's a really, really smart way to do it. And I don't yeah. know why it's not my favorite, um, but it's just not my favorite. Um, but again, again, it's really smart. I do like it. And I, it's, I mean, it's very Into the Odd. Um, yeah, and again, Nave does the same thing. Uh, and Karen know, does the same thing. I don't know if
1: you actually know this, but I, I love Into the
0: Odd. Yeah, so. <laughs> you haven't really told me that before. So, it's good to know that that's, that's what you it. do. That's that's your favorite.
1: I do give you a hard time for talking about how much you love Merc okay? Yeah,
0: you do. All the time. Fuck you. <laughs> um... Uh, an interesting piece of art here. It's, it's a little different than the other ones. I think it's because it's like a nighttime scene. Um, but it is a person sitting at a campfire. Um, and then we head into the classes. So, uh, you get a couple classes in the cool rules and then there's two bonus ones in the, um, in the advanced rules. So the first one is cool. the warrior. Uh, Makes it says sense. in another life, you might have been a soldier, a guardsman, a shield or a raider, your shield is always strapped to your arm, and your axe and spear always to hand. Uh, you sing the songs of battle and drink the victory of defeat. In combat, you favored a direct approach, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You fight stuff. Um, so, warriors start with, it looks like, strength and three defense. Uh, what do you think that that's indicative of? Uh, what? Sorry, three defense? It says strength, comma three defense. So, what I add three defense and then what is this a strength for? Like, I get why I have three defense because I get the wooden, on, wooden, the linen wood, yeah, the linden wood <clears throat> shield is plus one defense, the chainmail is plus two defense, so that gives me three additional defense. And then I get a bearded axe, an ashwood spear, elemental oh, defeat, like the, the, and four your free most slots.
1: Necessary stat,
0: probably. I can only imagine that you would go strength and then you get a three defense. Um, so skills, uh, block, it's a reaction, and I get a and it says key item. Uh, that's because that's my Lindenwood shield. So I can mm-hmm. raise shield as a reaction, strength save to avoid all physical damage. Um, parry is a reaction with a key item. I can deflect attack and repose, strength save to avoid all physical damage. And retaliate with damage advantage, which we'll get to later. Basically, damage advantage means it's just like advantage, but you roll your damage twice, and you pick the highest damage roll. um, And you keep that one. Love that. Yeah. Failure results in the attack against you, gaining damage advantage. Uh, Disarm. You use your axe for that. Uh, You hook your opponent's weapon hand. Target needs to make a deck save or be disarmed. It sounds like most things in the game are are, uh, marked as saves, not checks. Yeah um and then hack which is you use your axe attack your opponent in a frenzy for double damage which i guess can cause fatigue on a dire strike uh your opponent needs to make a strength save or stagger back from the ferocity of the attack moving back five feet and losing their next turn and you can thrust with your spear which is lunge forward to extend the range of your weapon and strike targets up to 10 feet away which i think can cause fatigue uh, so that is the warrior. Right? There's free. There's four free slots. You got three defense because you have a wooden shield, which is your key item. And again, we just talked about you only get one key item. Um, and then chain mail. So that is a warrior. Um, we don't need to read through every single class. Uh, there are what looks like uh, a total of four, which I think probably, again, make up very similar, in similar ways, the uh, core roles uh so a scald uh it says in another life you might have spoken for the dead burned sweet sacrifices to the gods wonder the land weaving tales of myth and legend your voice spoke for all and none you deciphered the will of the gods and shone their light on the people of the realm so it sounds kind of religious it's a little bardy scalds are kind of like bards and storytellers oh is that what that is you think it's bards? yeah kind of yeah so that's the it's the norse version Okay, so you get a runic focus, uh, your reindeer hide, which is your defense, uh leather hood, which is a defense because you got two defense, and SPI is what? Spirit. Spirit, yes. Yeah, so that is your primary. It must be your primary stat. Yeah. You also get a saga, which we'll go over, a steel sword, sacred waters, sacrificial bundle. You got five free slots. Um, your runic focus is a lightning knife. Manifest and wield or throw a dagger made of lightning for D4 damage. Um, You also have a heal spell, a lightning spear spell, um, and you have a sword that can sunder. You tear through your opponent's armor for D6 damage. Um, First occurrence causes target to lose one defense. That's nice. Uh, nice. Do you want to briefly chat about the scout?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got scout. A scout, you know, it's uh, we got it's a, it's decks and one defense. Uh, and in their life, you might have been a hunter, an archer, a scoundrel, or an explorer with a pair of sharp knives, a trusty shore bow. You easily made your way in the world, whether in untamed wilderness or cutthroat civilization. You found the paths and trails no one else could, weaving your way through danger and adventure at every turn. Your fast reflexes help you save and uh, help save you. Uh, in situations where your quick tongue could not. In combat, you either slipped in close unnoticed or struck silently from afar with unerring accuracy. Even in the time before your, you forged your path, <clears throat> wait, even the time before you forged your own path. Now that your fate is truly unwritten, the nine realms are yours for the taking. So, Scout is deck space. It starts with uh, has one defense. You have hunting knives as your key item. Um, Quilted cloth is what gives you your one defense. You have an elm short blow, uh, fire oil, a skeleton key, and you have five free slots. Um, you have dash um, as a reaction from your key item, definitely evade an attack. Deck save to avoid all damage. Uh, failing to save um, impairs the enemy's uh, attack, reducing it to d4 um, fatigue. Uh, backstab is, from your key item is dash behind your enemy and inflict a critical strike. Dex save to strike for double damage, 2d6. Uh, failure results in an attack from the target with uh, damage advantage. Uh, lacerate from your knives. Slice a deep wound in your enemy. Um, does that for an initial uh, uh, yeah, d6 damage. Um, and you get to roll for bleed. Uh, volley, short bow, fire a bunch of arrows. Um, and you also get dire strike. So yeah, it's kind of your 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 sneaky uh, distance person.
0: Yeah, I think dire strike, and we'll get to it in a little bit. Is um, uh, like is that is there a crit? Is there a version of a crit? So okay. I think when you when you roll that, you get to do you fire another arrow, and roll another damage die because I because the uh, previous classes um had, they have a dire strike too. I know that the warrior did. Their dire strike was. Uh make a strength save, or they're staggered by the ferocity of the attack, moving back five feet and losing the next turn. Gotcha. Which is cool. This is why I like rules before character creation. Fair. Um so the next
1: one we have is Seer. Um in their life, you would have been a wise woman, an augur, a trickster, or a conjurer. Uh the only things you need, uh you needed were your wits and a hunger for knowledge. You sought to delve mysteries of the realms and pluck forth the secrets within. Uh, wits, zero defense. This is your squishy person. You're going to start with your key item of a yellow staff, a stout linen, which gives you zero defense. Uh, you have a runestone, um, bleached jawbone, which I assume is for portents and foretelling the future. And then you have seven free slots. Um, you have your key item, the gray stone, uh, which is essentially like a magic sling attack. Um, you have your barrier, which is a reaction for your key item. Um, which is a like essentially a wit save to impose or to um, uh, negate. Uh, wow, why, why can't I talk today? Negate damage. Um, you have a slow spell. Um, the what is that word? Spear. I'm gonna look at that word. Um,
2: then you that's, have that's
1: a, out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's more in mine. Um, but uh, yeah. You have, you, you have a spear spell. I um, oh, it's a type of magic. Gotcha. So you have a spell and then you have a clobber with your staff. Um, yeah, so this is going to be kind of your, your caster. Clobber. clobber in time. It's clobber in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, sick. So those are your four basic classes. Makes sense. You have your you know, your damagers and your casters and your
0: yeah. yeah very cool i like all the little illustrations on each one too um i think this is that uh the author did that colin so they all have like little bows and arrows or you know the swords and whatnot um so there is an adventurer creation example i don't think we really need to go through that um it's pretty straightforward and numbered yeah, uh, they do have a pretty lengthy um, like combat scenario later that I think would be really helpful to go over. We'd love um, examples of play. Yeah, uh, I and did. I think this this can be really, really helpful. Again, we're not going to read through this, but I really like that it's here um, because anyone that does have any questions about it, I have read this, and it does. It walks you straight through every single part of it. Um, maybe we can just look at what it says... For the uh the top where we're talking about like strength and stuff like that. I again I assume it's just uh Yeah. Yeah. Starts the falling equipment, two pieces of armor. Yeah, yeah, Anyway, yes. So that is a character, and then there is an example of a filled out character sheet here. Lind the scald with a picture um and everything. better than you did <laughs> well i got a 12 and a third i got a 12 and a 13 on two yeah they did i rolled a five a six that's 12 and a 13 and their lowest score was a nine yeah look at I their rolled, vigor vitality too <laughs> yeah what the fuck was their vigor and vitality four and a five so the resilience yeah, so is nine. nine
1: resilience yeah
0: yeah and i got a three fuck my my person's just dead they're just dead <laughs> i just let them die and i re-roll a character that's what i do um concepts of play concepts so this is play yeah this is cool this is a really nice breakdown here resilience is the ability to avoid damage in combat representing your personal drive toughness and instinct calculated by adding your vigor and vitality which you already did damage reduces your resilience and drinking meat or resting in a bonfire restores it That's same cool. get, I, I totally get, get that get, get drunk or warm and you're solid um <laughs> and If an attack reduces your resilience exactly to zero, you roll on the omens table, which is cool. And again, in on hyperlinks Um, defense before calculating damage to resilience, subtract the target's defense value from the result of physical damage rolled. So when we talk about like the warrior that had three defense because they have a shield and some armor or whatever, you subtract that before you get to resilience. Um, Magic bypasses mundane armor, which I love. um, And defense does not reduce magical armor um and wearing any armor weighs you down if you're wearing bulky armor make all deck saves a disadvantage that sucks uh inventory slots you start with 10 inventory slots most items take up one bulky items take up two that's very into the odd um anyone with full inventory is all slots filled is to zero resilience and you can't carry more items than your inventory allows that sucks that your but I think it uses a lot of like there's other things in the game that use up your inventory slots so you can fill up with like scars or or different things and cool. then you're screwed on your resilience. So basically all you have is your defense before you start hitting strength if you have too much shit on you. So don't be a hoarder. Uh saves. A save is a roll to avoid bad outcomes from risky choices and circumstances. Roll a d20 for an appropriate ability score if you roll equal or under because this is a d20 roll under system as is into the odd right. Um, you pass, otherwise you fail. A 1 always succeeds, 20 always fails. Some situations, saves are made with a bonus, um, and that's when you roll 2 and take either the highest or the lowest. Mead flask and healing, filled with mead brewed by the gods and infused with the... Iun's You know what we skipped over was there was a... Uh, there was a uh, pronunciation guide, which I think yeah. is really helpful. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Uh, Iun's everlasting apples... Sipping this oh, mead restores. Yeah. E duns. E duns. E duns. Oh, that's a D with a little I oh, got it. Uh, restores health and heals injuries. So if you have some 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 apple mead, some of that hard cider, uh, you restore health and heal injuries. One sip takes an action, restores 10 res. I have three. I don't I that's a, uh, and clears two points of fatigue. <laughs> The flask oh I think the I think fatigue takes up inventory spots. And I think there are times that when we were reading earlier, when you do like your clobbering or whatever, if you do that skill, you get a point of fatigue. Um you start with two sips. The amount of meat in the flask can be increased uh, under the right circumstances, and the meat flask does not take up an inventory slot, which is nice. Good. Um Another beautiful uh, illustration <clears throat> here. This one's very green of a girl in or underneath a tree, just doing stuff. She's, She's stretching, you know. She's stretching <sighs> it out. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, cool. Status effects. Uh, cursed is the effect. Uh, re- your resilience is halved until the curse is lifted or dispelled. Um, deprived, you can't recover damn. resilience or take reactions until you rest at a bonfire. That's cool. Poisoned, you take damage every turn, bypassing defense. A successful strength save or resting at a bonfire cleanses the poison. Man, if you fail a bunch Man, of saves, poison
1: can fuck you up. <laughs>
0: damn. Um, fatigue. Your actions and items weigh heavily on you. Fatigue is caused by casting spells, using certain skills, and rare monster abilities. Each fatigue occupies one inventory slot. And last cool. of the adventure, rest of bonfire. So that's what it is. Like if you have you have five open slots after your base inventory, right? You might pick up right. one or two things. So say you're at seven, so you have to be really careful about using a bunch of spells and skills that would take you to ten, because then your resilience automatically goes to zero.
1: Oh, oh yeah, wow. Got to be real.
0: So basically, guess, if you start, I guess to... that
1: makes sense because like you're fatigued, you're tired, you can't carry as much stuff, you know. Yeah.
0: But I mean, also in like a more like abstract sense, it says your actions and items weigh heavily on you. So basically it's saying that like your inventory is not just your physical inventory, but can also be like your like well-being inventory. So as you get scars, (laughs) yeah, yeah. As you get scars or make hard choices, it can weigh on you and take up inventory slots and stuff i like that i i think it's a cool concept again i like the i like the concept of inventory slots as um uh a way to hold on to things besides stuff but i think personally for me i kind of like inventory management in the stuff aspect so to lose it to things like fatigue or scars and stuff like That's that fair. yeah but again i think it's incredibly clever concept yeah, i would never definitely. have thought like oh yeah like when you're fatigued, your fatigue takes up that. Or, like, a wound takes up an inventory slot. And, like, the more wounded you are, the less stuff you can carry. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, clearing fatigue. During a moment of calm, you can spend one soul. Declare D4 points. This is the first time we're talking about souls here. to see soul souls. Now. Yeah. Oh, man. No inline hyperlink on the souls? Is souls, like, next? Is. okay so it's not a big deal um you can also <laughs> attempt to clear fatigue through introspection such as reflecting on your ancestors meditating in nature or singing a song to lift your spirits again i, oft- I often reflect on my ancestors yeah yeah they're dead huh. i know nothing about them because i'm headed. american yeah uh roll a d6 and compare the result to your current vigor score
1: man cool, i'm cool. always
0: rolling over my vigor if you roll under fuck um my vigor is i think either two it's two two so i gotta roll under a two um i clear that many points of fatigue so even if i get under a two it's a one i can only clear one point of of, of, of fatigue goddamn my shitty roll if you roll over you lose a point of vigor never testing that i literally <laughs> have a two um you can attempt to clear fatigue in this manner once per day bonfires link the nine realms and offer a beacon of hope to souls lost in the dark so we're really hitting the souls like section of this using souls and um resting at bonfires. yeah so rested bonfire restores all lost resilience clears all fatigue from your inventory and resets ability score loss interesting but again ability score loss is basically your health because strength loss is hp loss basically
1: right yeah um
0: resting in a bonfire also causes most slain foes to return to life damn they really made this like a video game i like it yeah. and i definitely like i definitely like that's a two-player aspect to it um powerful or intelligent foes such as gods yotans there you go all right or dragons are not reborn Actually, in this manner and remain no dead Jotun is the plural what the? okay uh when resting in a bonfire you can choose to spend souls to grow your power um and then death i do like this prepare to die often upon death you wake up at the last bonfire rested at with all your current items again souls as fuck here um Very souls. this is a great time for this game to come out too with elden ring being so fucking like what's that good Elden. it's this video game i have not I never heard of it yeah uh, it's it's pretty indie um it's not super popular at all, realistically. It only
1: didn't sell 12 million copies in its first month. It didn't.
0: No, not <laughs> at all. Um, so this reminds me of of that, obviously. Since we're talking about. So lose one point of total vigor for every death. Fuck, I'd be dead. Like, I'd be super dead. Yeah. yeah you're if your vigor reaches zero...
1: Kind of, kind of a fucking... So dead. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If your total vigor reaches zero, your adventure is lost forever in the darkness. One point of vigor can be restored... By a full day of commuting with a scald or by burning a sacrificial bundle. I'm just burning bundles all day. How would I increase vigor here? Souls. Um, oh, big, big section on souls here. Uh, the might of the gods has been scattered across the nine realms. Fragments of their power exist as soul remnants, energy manifested and crystallized in a physical form. That's cool. You're yeah. literally in a post-Ragnarok world picking up chunks of dead gods. And you can use those chunks of dead gods to power yourself. That's neat. Well,
1: it's
0: literally just like Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, You may discover soul remnants in hidden and secret places of great power. Soul remnants are small and take up no inventory space. Powerful beings such as Jotun. Dragons or demons also may also be imbued with scattered essence. of The gods overcoming these foes through combat grants you souls. Breaking a soul ruminant will imbue you with the souls held within, and souls are delicate and are discarded when you die. You have one chance to recover drop souls after you wake up at the bonfire, die again after retrieving them, and then lost forever. Again, souls AF. Um, As souls represent... This is spending souls. As souls represent the innate power of the gods, you can absorb this power to grow stronger. Um, You can do this when resting in a bonfire, and when resting, you can spend one soul to permanently increase... Any of the following attributes strength, dex, wits, spirit, or vitality. Not vigor. I'm dead. I got two vigor. Uh, rare merchants and travelers trade in souls. Certain spells or relics and coalesce soul remnants from viewed souls. Um, it's so funny that you can't in- increase your vigor that way and you rolled. And my vigor two. is a fucking two. I'm glad it's not a one. I at least I can increase my vitality um gold uh wealth and treasure gold and most coins have little value treasures take forms of weapon armor spells i like that i love this is like what i would do in a game i don't ever want a list of item costs
2: right i would straight up
0: say barter for everything wherever you're buying something the cost is supply and demand motherfucker like what do you think and barter Uh, And I really like that. So most treasure, it says, is going to be weapons, spells, relics, and things like that. Love that. Colin, killing it so far. Wait, nope. Got a list of equipment. Uh, Not prices, though. So that's great. Um, So do we want to really cruise through? You want to just cruise through? it's,
1: It's like, it's the stuff that you would think is in a Norse game. You have, like, some iron stuff. You have some plated stuff. You have leather. You have reindeer hide. You know, for shields, you have bucklers, kite shields, uh, linden wood shields, which is like a, a round um, wooden shield, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. Weapons, you have an ash spear, which is a spear made from ash wood, which is very, very Norse. Um, hammers, mauls, axe. I don't think yeah. we need to deep dive. It's exactly no. what you think would be in a Norse. Yeah.
0: cloak, iron helmet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cudgel, you know, yeah. Um, I think there are the a couple of cooler weapons. Like I think the Grave Sword's pretty cool. Um, I just maybe it's just a name, uh, and I'm just I'm uh, f- as a massive weapon sword. skills
0: frenzy and Sunder. It is rare and bulky, and it has a D10, which looks like the highest damage dice. So yeah, it looks like a yeah. badass big fucking sword. <clears throat> a just
1: breaking like maul.
0: Guts, yeah. you know. <laughs>
1: guts, I might yeah. Have
0: <laughs> um well let's see what a grave sword does it's a long wide double-edged blade held with two hands unusual design and extremely heavy yeah straight up fucking gut sword
1: <laughs> um shout out yeah and then uh equipment skills um are after that and i think you know some of those are cool you well let's both just pick an equipment skill maybe
0: yeah no we should definitely because some of these are really really interesting um i know and some of them we talked about are you talked about backstab already um, right. You dash behind your enemy and inflict a critical strike. On a success, you strike for double damage. On a failure, um, you the there's a retaliatory attack from the target at double damage. So don't miss. And then a dire strike, follow up with an extra attack that bypasses defense. Uh, we need to fi- we need to get to the point where it talks about what a dire strike is. Yeah, um, but we'll. Get I will there. say
1: that at the very end of this page that we're currently on, the the rage. Um, Ability, uh, which is call upon your animal spirit, which imbues you with beastial strength. For d4 rounds, gain three defense and make all melee attacks, all melee attacks at double Damn. damage. When the ra- when the rage ends, make a spirit save. Um, you can also choose to fail. On the success, the animal spirit departs, and you regain control, but you add 2 fatigue. On a failure, the beast takes control, you lose one spirit, and continue to rage with a 50% chance of attacking a friendly target. So you can just choose to fail. I'm mean, like, no, I'm going to go full bear mode. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm
0: going beast mode. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, literal beast mode. Yeah, um, <laughs> literal
1: beast mode.
0: Uh, there's another really cool one I like, too, was the flame shield. You manifest a fiery shield in your offhand to deflect oh, yeah. an attack. Yeah, spirit saved to avoid all damage, but it causes fatigue. Um, So that's really, really cool. Again, I like that it is really cleverly done that some of your abilities that are really cool cause fatigue, which takes up an inventory slot and stuff like that. Like it really, really discourages you from holding on to a lot of stuff because you need room to, to fuck about.
1: To fatigue, yeah. Yeah, Which is good. You know, you know, you're you're a Viking-esque person. You're not supposed to be fucking hoarding a bunch yeah. of stuff
0: like I. I love when when there's like six to ten inventory slots and yeah. it's just like and everything you have on you, including armor and weapons, takes uh, up spots like yeah, you're like,
1: a, you know, in, in D&D, when I was playing d and a lot, at a certain point, I just always gave somebody like a
0: um, bag of holding always holding. in the first like, like four like, sessions.
1: Yeah, you guys—you guys are just already carrying around more stuff than the human could possibly carry around. Oh yeah, uh,
0: if you look at D and D Beyond, which again you shouldn't need an entire website just to keep track of a character. Um, hey, d would routinely—the uh, coast owns it now. So D and D Direct, baby, <laughs> direct right into your fucking brain. Um, so uh... <laughs> I would routinely be like, "Wow, damn, I'm carrying 250 pounds of shit on me right now." Yeah, um, and I'm D&D not encumbered. Strong. How? <laughs> yeah it's crazy with my with my 12 strength i can still yeah, lose. my, 30 my feet.
1: wizard with eight strength is carrying like yeah. 200 pounds of stuff
0: yeah uh so some cool items in here if you want to pick one i know that there was one that i really looked at earlier that i want to talk about and that was the memento of defeat so this is uh feet picks. sorry we'll repeat that <laughs> <laughs> The memento of defeat uh, broken and rusted sword by holding and focusing on past failures, lose all your held souls and awaken at the last bonfire rested at. I guess this is like a quick get out of jail free card from a boss like you're about to go down and you can just like focus, shed your souls and then just bounce back to the bonfire. It's
1: literally like that one item you have in every souls game where you just you can ditch all your current experience that you've gained and just go back to a bonfire.
0: Yeah, again, cool. this is souls like
1: That's No, sorry, that's not a critique. I'm just saying, like, oh, it's exactly that. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, I love how well, like. I mean, this is basically just a pure adaptation of of, of a Dark Souls game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, every did, aspect really of it. needed. So yeah, like, like, I mean, the fact that that Dark Souls 5 E came out, but this exists is a travesty just play this well didn't Dark Souls fight isn't everyone complaining how bad it is yeah it's garbage it's absolutely trash Um, we have the actual uh, right here yeah but one thing that I love is how well it's adapted like I mean they basically said I'm gonna make Dark Souls a game I'm gonna give it a Norse vibe and I'm gonna use Nave into the odd and Karen to do it and they fucking did like they took all the best parts of Karen, Nave and into the odd they took all the coolest parts of dark souls and made a, a, a well i hate the term balance but like in that it's not really i don't bad. mean like balanced combat but like yeah it's not broken like it, it makes yeah. sense everything in it just makes sense so it's just a really incredibly well done adaptation and the other cool thing about rune carrying too is it would be super easy if you wanted to play like a dark souls game to just reskin the north stuff out of this if you yeah. really wanted to Literally, yeah, just change some names. That's all you had to fucking do.
1: You could be in Lord Ron and and fucking, you know, or you could be in the Lands Between, man, you know?
0: Yeah. But uh, again, so far, like, really, really, really well done Souls adaptation. Um, was there an item that you uh, you wanted to, to talk uh, about at all? You
1: know, I liked a couple of them. I, I really like the Skeleton Key. Like, I know it's a basic one, but it's cool to have. It's an ancient key crafted from the finger bones of a thief, and I just like that. It uh, gives you a, like nope. a one in tw- or a two in or one in ten chance, essentially, or either a one on one or two on a D twenty to just unlock a door. Um, it does break uh, on a twenty though, but I just like it. I like think it's, a,
0: a, it's a useful. Ten percent chance of opening any door and a five percent chance of breaking it.
1: Yeah,
0: so I do like that. Um, yeah, one I, of
1: like, the f- I like the. It's a very utilitarian item. You yeah, know?
0: I dig it. One of the other things that I wanted to look at, just because it comes up, is the sacrificial bundle. Um, a crude figure oh, right. of a person made from moss, twine, and ash. Burn at a bonfire to restore one oh. point of vigor. I'd be fucking bundled, I'd be just making little people all day because like I only got two. Like boom, burn, burn, burn. Yeah. Uh, so a lot, a lot of really cool items here. There's some, some illustrations here at the bottom. More of the. Um, I assume these are the the sword illustrations. Pretty simple, pretty simple like line work and designs, but uh, definitely get some point across on what they are. Um, and then. Oh, it's so it's all it's the same list that we just talked about, but it is right. in an item list, and basically it just lists size, rarity, things like that. Um, two slots, rare, small, things like that. The
2: half, um,
0: yeah. yeah, uh, torch, tar, you know, some some and some additional things, a net, a pick, horn. Um, so that's cool. Okay, so getting into combat because that's Ooh, the most combat. important part of tabletop games, right? You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. We all we only play these games for combat, right? It's not for the storytelling. Yeah. No, no. I mean, about the story, I like to kill dude. stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, combat. Roughly 10 seconds of in-game time. And it's comprised right. of turns. Makes sense. Uh, you can move up to 40 feet as an action. You can move up to 40 feet, cast a spell, attack, move again, or other reasonable action. I like that. Um Me too. So, oh, so it says move again. So I assume that means you get to, oh, yeah, move up to 40 feet. Cast a spell, attack, move again. Um, I. Those are two separate things, right? You can move up to 40 feet and then do one of the other things.
1: Move up to 40 feet, cast a
0: spell, attack, move again, or other reasonable action. No? Yeah. Do you think it's just one thing, or do you think it's a move and an action? I mean, it says or. So it's any of these things. I don't understand what move again,
1: like if an action is moving, do you get,
0: um, that's what I'm saying. I wonder if it's a move and then do something, but then you think it would like spell that out a little bit more. I would let people move and take an action. Um, declare actions before rolling. Oh. If risky, the warden calls for a save. All actions, attack movements occur simultaneously. Um, I like the reactions in this again, it's straight up fucking souls. Adventures yeah. can react to an enemy attack and attempt to either block, deflect, avoid, or otherwise mitigate damage some reactions are only available through key items which you talked about there's a parry action on like the linden shield yeah. but all adventures have the following reactions and they crack me up in like a good way roll <laughs> roll make a deck save to roll away from an enemy's attack avoiding all damage but it causes fatigue which as does the game
1: yeah um and uh the goal is to roll. If it's a big enemy, you just got to roll under their legs. You just got to poke yep. up at them. You have to really unlock yep. in combat. You know, you can't be locked on. It's really fuck with your camera.
0: Um, hmm. My only question, I guess, with the with the rules here, it says make a deck save to roll away from an enemy's attack, avoiding all damage. And it causes fatigue. So just by, if I succeed at rolling away, I cause fatigue. What if I fail at it? Do I still cause fatigue? I would, say,
1: I would, oh, I would still say, yes, you cause fatigue.
0: So just by attempting it, you fatigue. Yeah, I would. Um, and then withdraw. Make a deck save to disengage from combat and retreat, avoiding all damage. Failing the save means you escape, but still take damage from the attack. I like that. Okay. Yeah, Roll them a draw. I, I mean, you're literally like doing the whole like, you know, Akito circling thing where you're just like going around and around waiting. Dude, if you mix this with the loop combat system from Kingdoms, remember how they would oh, do that yeah totally that'd be really cool Yeah, yeah i mean yeah. that loop
1: combat system is the most dark souls part of that Fuck yeah, I have, I have fucking kingdoms you know
0: yeah it's and uh, but it's so cool and well done and i like how you can it's like so cool. roll to like hit different parts of the loop to like switch it up and stuff so i really really <laughs> like that a lot uh turns the warden telegraphs the actions taken by npcs or monster if surprised surprise the start of combat the adventure makes a deck safe to act for Their opponents and failing the save also means the adventurers can't use a reaction on the first turn. I like that, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, that is so really cool.
0: S- save against surprise, and if you fail, you can't use a reaction. So, no rolling, no nothing. Uh, attacking and damaging attack lowers resilience, but damage is reduced by defense. We know about that. Roll weapon die and switch defense, deal damage to the target's resilience. Magic bypasses mundane armor, unarmed attacks are 1d4, and then you have attack modifier. So, this is what we talked about earlier. So right. there's no it doesn't look like there's a lot of like uh necessarily advantage to rolls like no, your actual it's a damage. If they do it it's directly the damage.
1: To
0: damage. Yeah. Uh so damage advantage literally says if you attack from a position of strength against Atlas or through a daring maneuver, you roll for damage twice and take the higher. Same thing with damage disadvantage. If you roll from a weak position, you roll damage twice and take the lower. There are certain skills or items that also grant damage, advantage, or disadvantage this is the one that i i questioned when i was reading it multiple attackers if multiple attackers target the same foe well i guess it makes sense because this is generally a two-player game so there wouldn't be multiple people it'd be bad guys against you okay so that makes sense roll all damage dice and keep the single highest result so if you got three people attacking you you would roll all three of their damages and you would take the highest damage the highest one
1: I mean, that that's, makes it, since it's one person and then there's three people attacking you, that makes it more livable. Because if you it take makes it, all three damages, you're like, well, you're just fucked then.
0: So. Yeah, you're literally dead. So I, I think that's a really, really solid way to balance the yeah. option of having multiple bad guys in combat without literally fucking killing the person. Um, and then dual and two-handed weapons. If you attack with two weapons at the same time or one weapon held in both hands, you gain damage advantage. Dual wield, baby. That's what I did in Skyrim. <laughs> um and it, oh here's dire strike finally some weapons or enemies have special abilities that are triggered when rolling max damage that's what it is if you roll cool. max yeah. damage so it's
1: just if, if it has a dire strike then you can use it when you roll max damage if it doesn't have dire right. strike you don't get dire strike
0: again i think it's really interesting um that the advantage and everything like the dire strike all this stuff all comes on to the damage roll not your attack roll
2: yeah
0: huh wait is there i don't remember seeing anything that talks about like getting advantage on your initial attack roll almost all of it is um damage advantage and disadvantage
1: where's the attack roll rule
0: there really isn't one there's just okay
1: it's it's is it into the odd where it's just you don't make an attack roll you just do damage
0: I think so, because declare action before rolling dice. If risky, the warden calls for a save. All actions, attack, and movements occur simultaneously. I know I'm I might have missed a part, but... I do feel like with some of these rules, I feel like they're a, like, it's a little bit of a high expectation for you to know what some of them are, because some of them aren't explained super thoroughly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, a little vague. A little vague a little bit on some of them i wouldn't mind just a little bit more clarification on some had, of the things we've gone over a, couple a little questions bit so far today mm-hmm, yeah so like for example like when we hit warrior and it was like parentheses strength dex three it's like okay i get where the dex three comes from but what's the strength and it's just like the assumption is well that's probably your the skill you should put the most in it doesn't say that anywhere you know i think it'd be helpful to have that explained a little bit better um and this situation as well like there's nothing so, do you just auto-hit on an attack roll?
2: I'm looking.
1: I don't I think you do. I think it's like uh, Into the Odd, where it's just like, you know, you just roll damage. Because
0: everything else is saves that it talks about, right? Is a, oh, a risky yeah. situation? Yeah, everything else yeah. is saves, which is also yeah. Into the Odd. Yeah. Well, there you go um all right uh cool piece of red uh art which is the same kind of style as we talked before but it's two dudes fighting swinging swords wearing chainmail and dope helmets um really really cool illustration yeah and then immediately under that is another set of dudes fighting this is an older man and a younger man uh also swinging swords at each other old dude is looking displeased
1: Dude, he, is so, he has some intense fucking eyes. He's about to take he his does. kid's head
0: off. Seriously, he's he's why he, this this is Sammy Sosa right here. Um he is really really swinging away at this one. Uh <laughs> do you want to pick up? Do you want to pick up a yeah, blast? i you
1: a uh, blast. Blast tax affect all targets in the area, roll separately for each affected target. Uh blast refers to anything from explosion um to huge cleaving onslaughts. the impact of a meteorite um so big booms big big attack booms um that's a that's a blast for you so you you get blasted uh if unsure how many targets can be affected roll the damage die for a result uh which i think that's cool if you're not really sure you know uh you'll get you'll get what you get um yeah ability score if any of an adventurer's ability scores are reduced to zero they die ability loss is reset when resting a bonfire which we went over before and some certain magic items critical damage once a target reaches zero res um any additional damage uh reduces strength which i think we said before as well um and triggers a critical damage save um target must roll under strength to avoid critical damage very into the odd um this includes adventurers, NPCs, and monsters. Any target that fails a critical damage save dies. Um, damn. damn. Yeah. On death, an adventurer wakes up at the last player The rest of that... Sorry about that. Uh, they keep all inventory items, but drop unspent souls at the location of their death. Resurrected adventurers can retrieve their dropped souls. you all played this game before, Dark Souls? Yeah. Uh, and drop souls are permanently lost at death, if not retrieved. So totally works the same way. Um, omens, omens are messages from spirits or uh, spirits, the gods or the land and can represent fortune or favor when an, an attack reduces an adventurer's resilience to exactly zero. This triggers triggers an omen. Um, roll a d8 on the omen table to determine the event and outcome. Do you have a d8 on you?
0: Well, yeah, I got a d8. I rolled a six. Maria, you want me to read it? All right. As if the dead of winter, you see your breath billow in a misty cloud as the heat drains from your body. Make a strength save. If you fail, gain two points of fatigue from the cold. Cool. That's stinky. I rolled a three.
1: Uh, okay. The ground trembles and shakes as if a titan approaches. Make a deck save. If you fail, you're knocked to the ground.
0: <laughs> Interesting. I like these omens. And you can yeah. just come up with omen after omen after omen. That'd be dope uh so we have a combat example why don't we read through damn it's a long we might not necessarily read through the whole thing um but i will be why don't i be the warden and you can be amy
1: okay cool uh you may be Lind the scald as
0: well uh i think i guess that's me because i'm the uh, so lind the scald enters a darkened ruined overgrown ancient the corridor leads north and figures are heard shuffling you must be amy playing lind
1: Cool. I'll be be Amy. I walk further down the corridor. Steel sword in one hand and runic focus in the other. That's how Amy sounds.
0: Yeah, like a boy named Sue. You are a scald named... So, Warden, uh, further down the ruin, you see an armored form wandering aimlessly. Its skin is decayed and drawn, and it's holding a rusted spear. It's a draugr, and it hasn't spotted you yet. Uh, I'm going to run up and cut it down with my sword. Okay, you rush forward and slash at the undead warrior. Roll your damage. I roll a five on d6. The dragger has one defense from its armor, so it takes four damage. The dragger turns and raises its spear to attack.
1: I gather my will and unleash the power of the gods through my voice. I shout, No! Uh, I'm choosing to use Lynn's shout uh, skill as a reaction to avoid attack. I will roll a d20 um, and attempt to roll under my spirit of 16. I get a five, and it's a success.
0: Nice. <laughs> you we admit you a, a shot? Boys today, bro. We're sleepy. Bro, listen, I'm going to bed. You're waking up. We all know this. Anyone that's listening to the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, you <laughs> so admit the, a... Yeah, <laughs> You admit a shock wave and knock the dragger off balance, deflecting the attack. Take off one fatigue for the shout.
1: Uh, that thing's not so tough. I strike out with my sword. Uh Amy rolls a four on a G6 for attack.
0: The dragger takes three damage. It's not looking very good. It snarls and thrusts the spear. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How much defense does this guy have? One, One. defense, four, four. So that's three for me. Yeah, it snarls and thrusts its spear. Uh, I'll take the hit
1: since I've got decent defense.
0: I'm going to apologize to everyone in podcast land for Hunter not choosing to just speak. Um, but yelling for five minutes as we do this. Uh, so the warden rolls a five on their d6 for damage, they subtract Lin's defense rating of two from the damage. Oof, you take three points of damage.
1: Uh, that's it. I clutch my runic focus tightly and weave a tail before the Thunder. lightning spear. I uh, rolls a d8 for damage, uh, for damage for spell. And gets a five. Uh, she marks another point of fatigue. So there are no attack rolls. I don't know if you've picked that up as we going through this, but there are no attack rolls.
0: Right, Just like right. into the eye. Which is exactly why a nice example of combat is beautiful, and this is fantastic. Good job, uh, Warden. Magic bypasses Dragger's armor, therefore it takes full damage because the attack reduces its resilience below zero. It takes remaining four damage to its strength. The dragger now needs to make a critical damage strength save or die. The warden rolls 16 on a d20, failing to roll under the dragger's new strength score of 7. It crumples to the ground, a blackened husk from the lightning strike. You have defeated it.
1: Cool. I think we're probably good there, right?
0: Yeah, I think yeah. that explained all the questions that we had. Yeah. Um. I mean, and then there's, there's still like a full oh, page of no more stuff to go page. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so hey, uh, but if you read the questions,
1: you can buy the fucking
0: yeah. book. <laughs> buy the fucking book, guys. Seriously. Um, and then before we get into magic, we're going to take a quick break. So we will be back shortly. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, do us a favor and give us a nice rating or review on whatever podcast service you're listening on. You can check out all of our info on our website at theadventurearchive.net. You can also find us on Instagram at the.weekly.scroll, where we post our game review scores, kickstart the podcast recaps, and info about upcoming episodes. We're also active on Twitter at weekly underscore scroll. You can watch the VODs of all our episodes, as well as all of our actual play games, on our YouTube at theadventurearchive, or even catch us live on Twitch every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Central. And now we'll get back to our episode. Hello and welcome back to the weekly scroll here on the Adventure Archive. Today we're going over Runecare, and we're going to hit into magic. You want to take over some magic?
1: Yeah, magic is the remnants of the gods and draws attention to uh, attention when used. Some see magic as proof the gods live on in the new world. Runestones are smooth and delicately polished stones with an inscribed spell hand-etched in runes, used by seers to effect magical change in the world. Sagas, uh, not a physical object, but a learned and memorized tale passed down from the gods. Skalds can recite sagas to channel the power of the gods through speech. Um, Flame runes, um, words of power inscribed on fire grippers that allow pyres to shape and control flame. Runestones and zogas contain a single spell and take up one slot that cannot be transcribed or created. Instead, they are recovered from places like tombs, dungeons, and runes. Fire uh, uh, Fire grippers can only store one flame rune at a time, and they are exceedingly rare. Scrolls are similar to runestones and sagas, however, they do not take up inventory slots. They do not cause fatigue. They disappear after one use. They're your your single-use item. Um, Casting spells. Seers cast spells by holding a runestone in one hand and the staff in the other. They read the spell from the runestone and focus the magic through the staff. Scalds cast spells by holding a runic focus and speaking the saga aloud. They tell you a nice little poem or story. Um, Pyres cast spells. By channeling fire through their grippers um, ca- uh, casting all types of magic takes a toll after every spell add a fatigue to the inventory um, occupying one slot um, damn yeah so uh, do you mean yeah, to magic but, yeah magic magic's kind of costly, you know
0: um, well, I think a lot time, of the big a lot of big martial moves cause fatigue too anyway like every time you roll yeah, you get a fatigue and stuff.
1: um yeah uh, given time and and safety you can enhance a spell um eg affecting multiple targets increasing the power uh without an additional cost if uh deprived or in danger the warden may require you to make either a wit or spell save depending on the spellcaster to avoid any ill effects from casting because you're already kind of beat up and feeling shitty and if you're going to try to draw from your inner well of of magic strength you might feel shittier um Consequences of failure are on par with the intended effect They may result in added fatigue, uh, destruction of runestone, the saga slipping from memory, injury, or death. Oh, that fucking suck. Um, Only spells that cause fatigue are subject to ill effects. Cool. Interesting. Um, Relics... Um, Let's see, we have items imbued with a magical spell or power that do not cause fatigue. Relics usually have a limited use as well as a recharge condition. Um, The Eyes of Odin, one charge, a crystalline orb. The brilliant red flaw uh, grants a glimpse into the Chosen Realm. You can recharge it by bathing the eye in the tears of a god. You have a mischief horn, a mistletoe dart, shout out, um, and then a skull...
0: Beacon. Skull beacon. Dude, I like that there is an like an on uh, like an orb. You could totally just like. What, what was it? I was going to try to say the meme, but then I forgot it. You were the meme. Oh, a ponder. Orb, I can ponder my orb. Yeah, I ponder that orb, son. Um, I do like Skull Beacon. One charge charting crumbling skull with a dim glimmer in the sockets glows brightly mm-hmm. when held and you can recharge by burning it on a roaring bonfire which is cool but what does it do oh it's a torch. it's a free torch Ah, cool and you can you can just like put it on your bonfire when you're chilling and just charge oh, yeah. up your, your skull torch
1: yeah um, oh yeah and there's a the staff of the wa- of walking wield um which is on the next page that i didn't read but yeah that's that's another one yeah you got items now we're moving on to rings um This is a Dark Souls game, so of course you're going to wear a ring. Uh, Many magical rings may be found, but none of them should be used lightly. Adventurers can wear up to two rings at any one time. Uh, You want to pick an example, and I'll pick an example?
0: Sure. Uh, Let's just pick Silva's ring. A delicate wooden ring entwined by sharp thorns. You gain two extra inventory slots, but lose one vigor. Well, fuck, I can't wear that one because I'd be fucking dead. (laughs) Like, literally Uh, dead. I I got no vigor.
1: I'm, I'm gonna read the red berserk ring, uh, crudely shaped bone ring with a glint, uh, glinting rough cut ruby. Reroll ones on damage dice for melee attacks, but lose all defense bonus from armor. That fucking that's a uh, that's fucking rough. Um, that is rough. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, spell list. So we have some spells. Um, I'm gonna read just a couple of them um let's start with the all father's eye just because i like it the all father's eye you can see through a magical floating eyeball that flies at your command very very you know that's what that's what happens to odin's eye right he doesn't toss it in the well he just flies around him um let's see another beast form uh you and your possessions transform into a mundane animal you can finally be your werewolf self uh, another one we have is gravity shift. You can change the direction of gravity, but only for yourself. I love super utility spells like this. They're like they're not directly damaging, but uh, they do give you the ability to interact with the world in a really interesting way. Um, probably enough yeah. for
0: spells. The Seers, yeah. So that's just a seer spell list. Oh. Yeah, That's yeah, a serious one. Yeah, another cool graphic here, uh, all in purple of a woman, kind of in clouds or kind of like is in the. What's up? Yeah, is it is a witch. witch. She's got like she definitely got a spell happening in her hands. Um, the next are the scald spells. So these have like a different vibe to them, like sense evil, which is what it sounds like. Um, pacify, purify, heal. This one seems a lot more nice like cleric almost like a lot of uh protection and resistance and and helpful stuff versus the um the uh seer spells which were like elemental wall fireball poison cloud yeah i could see it so a lot more like support support spells in the uh seer spells and then a cool piece of art again same kind of style of a of i'm a person with yeah. long hair, uh uh in a chair in the middle of the forest, just chilling. This next piece of art though is fucking awesome. Is this the the oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy uh, it the fire is, is fucking sick. <laughs> literally, like person like with with hair, like just in like a like a like a loincloth with a blade kind of coming down and it's just wreathed in flames. This is probably my favorite piece in, in the in the book so far it's so cool like the amount of like movement and like i want to say dynamism but you know what i mean like it's such a dynamic piece
1: yeah um it's very, looks very really cool. really yeah
0: yeah it looks really really beautiful uh and those are from uh flame rune spells did i miss some flame rune spells earlier they're just not as many there's not as many Gotcha. uh flame rune spell um warp flame shaping control monday no must spells child become engulfed in living flame gain immunity to fire and punish melee attacks against you with d6 fire damage and last for 1d4 round well that's obviously the good one
1: yeah makes sense yeah you want that
0: child (laughs) no you want that moose spell you know i i'm i'm not a huge fan of this of like 80 percent of this page being just a big giant wide open space
1: yeah, that was an interesting choice,
0: but it's the very end of basically Rune cairn um, but with some stuff added in, so like it oh, now we're hitting part two. But yeah, since it's yeah, the yeah, very I mean, last I mean, part of the I mean, chapter, that would have been yeah, it so would have really been didn't nice put
1: there. anything there, like a like a filler art piece at all.
0: No. Um. Okay, so we're getting into advanced rules. Uh, a wayfarer should not step one foot with no weapons to hand for none may know when a spear is needed on a strange road hell another yeah another cool another cool piece of art with a cool like wintry mountainy background this is like another kind of cairn but it looks like this one's been it's either a smaller it's a different pile or it's been like broken down yeah and it's got like the it's 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 your background yeah it is my for those that are not in in um in uh watching you're in podcast land not vodcast land uh hunter likes to put a piece of art from the book as his background each time uh which is cool also if
1: you're just listening and you're not watching you're missing out on how uh, stunningly beautiful both ryan and i are if and
0: we're the mm-hmm.
1: two of the most handsome men who've ever lived if you're not if you don't believe me please check out our youtube uh yeah like and subscribe and- yeah
0: like and subscribe <laughs> like and subscribe we need to remember we usually, to do, do you get a lot
1: more handsome like an hour into the episode so you really have to sit and watch the entire yeah, first hour the so.
0: whole thing yeah <laughs> uh we uh we really need to be better about like the call to action like guys our youtube is picking up steam go fucking subscribe it doesn't cost you a thing um but yeah uh so uh we're heading into chapter two which is the advanced rules. so i'll quickly go through the overview um there's an introduction which introduces the core rules versus the advanced rules there's two advanced classes the berserker and the pyre which is another melee um class for the berserker and i think um a lot of the stuff we've talked about already like the grippers and the flame runes, go with the pyre which is a flame caster um, it's got rules for going beyond two players, to, for doing solo, and for doing more than more than um, huh. the two person. The word in the adventure, uh, more stuff on solo play. Um, the delve generator, which is cool. It's it's one off dungeons, summoning an ally, and mm-hmm. invasions. Again, this is Dark Souls as a video game, or yeah. the video game Dark Souls as a tabletop role playing game, done well um so you can literally be uh invaded by black fetches which is interesting uh and then another cool piece of art this one's very purple and it looks like potentially like a marriage scene in a Mm. in a in a i'm gonna say tavern but it's probably like a longhouse or whatever yeah yeah um and then uh yeah i i scrolled too fast so hitting the advanced (laughs) classes you want to hit that berserker
1: yeah, berserker. Uh, in another life, you might have leaped, raging into battle, striking fear and friend and foe alike, or hunted the wilderness for death and glory. You refuse all armor, and blood sang in your ears. Berserker, as a strength-based class with zero extra defense, you don't wear fucking armor. You're a, you're a madman or woman or they. You know, you're a mad person. Uh, you have your beast stone as your key ki- item. A mad very-
0: person. Yeah, you're a massive person.
1: Hey, listen, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make sure everyone knows they're including this. Um, uh, here you have the grave sword, which is sick. We were talking about that earlier, that big, bulky, yep. bulky uh, gut style sword, D10 damage, which is wild. Uh, you have a fur cloak, makes sense, doesn't do anything for you. You have your sacred stockfish, uh, which is an item we did not read earlier, but it was up there. And then you have six free slots. You can charge as your uh reaction um from your figurine um rage Peace which stone. is yeah a rage what from your figurine which is the uh, the ability i talked about earlier where you summon in your uh, you imbue yourself with your animal spirit um and you go full fucking r- full rage mode um yeah <laughs> just like
0: that's, furry, that's just for the podcast. Like,
1: you want to see me transform into a wolf uh, <laughs> um, Frenzy from your sword, um, which is uh, using Spirit save to make an extra attack, I believe, and then Sunder from your sword, which you tear through your opponent's armor for d6 damage. Um, yeah, very cool, very, very aggressive class.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have the Pyre. Uh, in another life, you might have burned spirits from the dead, stoked the Smithy's Forge, or battled frost demons in the mountains. Your hands channeled the sparks of life And the cleansing fire of death Your magic is the oldest of all Furious and hungry So uh, you primarily use spirit and You have one defense um, Your key item is your fire grippers Which you talked about earlier Your defense comes from your uh, one defense Plated leather You also have a blacksmith's hammer A flame rune Which is the seer flame rune uh, A kindled bale And five free slots um, Flame shield which I talked about earlier You manifest a fiery shield as one of your skills. Um, You can ignite, which means you channel ancient magic to ignite ignite your weapon in blazing fire, um, which allows you to do double damage and bypass mundane armor. And the seer spell emits a blazing steam of violent flame, um, burning your target for DA damage over 60 feet, and you can smash with your hammer. You bludgeon your opponent with damage advantage. Nah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, And then... We get into solo play. You can play with yourself. Why? 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 <laughs> uh, okay. I didn't say anything or, that wasn't correct.
1: Solo play. Um, Broom Karen can uh, also be played solo with one player acting as both warden and adventure. Journey through an existing adventure such as Beneath the Broken Sword, which you'll find in this book. Uh, or use the random delve generator in the next section to build a dungeon crawl. Um, when you reach a moment of choice or conflict, a time when you'd normally look to the warden to facilitate the outcome, consider consulting an oracle—a method of deriving meaning from randomness. An oracle can be set, can be a set of tarot cards, a um, a system from another TTRPG, an online resource, or a mobile app. Warden Saga. Uh, includes a set of random tables that serve as an oracle, offering a way to interpret random roles and uh, and runes of the younger uh, Futhark uh, Futhark Futhark to determine the result of a choice or action. Um, journaling, uh, chronicle your journey through the delve in a journal diary. Be as brief or as descriptive as you like. This is a saga of your adventure translated and retold through the ages. Use the Delve Generator Sheet, available from the RuneCarn website, to document your encounters and map out your dungeon. Uh, Favor or Sorrow, if an outcome isn't immediately clear, ask the question of the oracle. If it's a simple yes or no, does the troll see me? Um, Or a straightforward check, can I convince a warrior to help me? Roll 2d6 on the Favor or Sorrow table. Which we will get to an outcome of favor is broadly positive while an outcome of sorrow is broadly negative kind of makes sense based on their names a complication adds an extra obstacle or development to the outcome for instance you can convince the warrior to help you but they demand one of your weapons in exchange um yeah cool makes sense right um i'm interested to see that in action but it does make sense um Reading the runes, for more complicated questions or for more nuanced interactions, consult the runes for an answer. First, gather your will and determine your focus. Narrow the focus to a singular emotion uh, and concentrate on the 16 runes of the younger Futhark. Uh, One rune name will reveal itself. Generate your focus by rolling a d10 on the focus table. Generate your emotion by rolling a d8 on the emotion table finally generate your rune by rolling a d20 on the rune table reflect upon the resulting phrase and turn it over in your mind focus your emotion on what the name of or on the name of the rune your answer will soon take shape for instance amy wants to investigate several or uh, a severed spectral head floating through the crumbling runes she rolls a three Damn. um uh for focus which four is overcome an she rolls a six for emotion, which is forlorn, and then a 11 for room, which is ice. So overcome forlorn ice. She gives her overcome forlorn ice. Um, she interprets this as a sign to ignore the fear in her heart and approach the cursed head with an open mind. Interesting. Very interesting way of like creating a story from like small little prompts. Um, I might play this solo later this week and see how it goes
0: this one's dope. I like, and the very next page is all of those things: The favor, sorrow, focus, emotion, rune. It's neat, cool, and I like the little illustration here at the bottom. since dope. It's like oh, a little. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a. It's like a. It's a thing with like two birds. I mean, it's hard to describe. Well, how would you describe that? Uh, it almost looks like the outside of a meat hall. it does look like the outside of meat hall there you go that's what it is yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's got three doors on it it's cool i really like the graphic uh the delve generator so looks like there is seven seven steps to the delve generator i like this randomly creating so uh let's let's roll a delve real quick you got your dice roller out yeah all right, so uh, number one, you roll D6 on the locations table to determine the dungeon type and size. So roll me a D6. Three. Uh, you got ruins. It says plus D6. Depending on the dungeon type, roll an extra dice to determine how many total areas there are. Know your dungeon three. size. Okay, so roll another D6. Two. Uh, so that I would say that means it's five rooms. It's a three plus a D6. So you rolled a three and a two, so five. Yeah. Cool. Uh but all have at least ten areas. Well, I guess that means this has 12 areas because you rolled a two on top of it. Um uh-huh. roll a d6 on your location's objectives table to determine the goal. Okay, so roll a d6. Uh two retrieves. Roll d6 on your location's objectives table to determine the goal of the delve. The objectives are way more than d6.
1: Oh no 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 no. Okay. On your so on runes, I rolled a two, which is infiltrate, uh, infiltrate and disrupt a hive of cultists attempting to summon a fire yoden.
0: I see. Where did I miss the part about roll on your d6 on your location's objectives to determine the goal of the delve? Where did you see the thing about all rune? Uh, scroll down next page. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh because you picked ruins yeah so it went infiltrate i see i don't know what it says up here see how it gets to objectives later complete an objective reward the objectives is used twice in two different areas here uh, I like, see. like underneath mapping yeah, the delve yeah yeah, yeah. okay um that's confusing uh three roll d12 in the encounters table when entering each new area to determine what you see why don't you just roll one Let's just roll one see the first encounter first encounter is a six so you get a mundane encounter eh. nice it's a room it's a room um <laughs> this room is when very first...
1: it has four yeah. walls there's a ceiling mm-hmm.
0: uh, when first interacting with an NPC or monster roll 2d6 on the NPC reaction table I like the NPC reaction table this is used in like Karen and stuff a bunch too
2: yeah
0: um NPC reaction table roll for me uh 2d6 Yeah. Uh, I rolled a 10. Ooh, they're unfriendly. They do not like me. Nope, in that roomy room. Uh, for more <laughs> dynamic combat, roll 2d6 on the enemy actions table to determine the enemy's tactics. Some enemies fight to the death, uh, some are undead and demons. All right, so enemy tactics. Roll for that, 2d6. Uh,
1: 4, grab. Dex save, they relief grab. reaction for one turn.
0: They are grabby boys. They're very
1: grabby. Yeah, they're an unfriendly, grabby old man.
0: Yeah uh for every area cleared subtract one from your dungeon size when your dungeon size reaches one roll d6 on the resolution table to see how close you are to your objective you'll either reach your objective find a clue to its location or encounter a setback that halts your progress if you don't locate the object roll again on the encounter table for every area you now clear roll on the resolution table adding a bonus minus one for every clue or penalty plus one for every setback once you've located your objective, the real challenge begins. Interesting. Uh record your progress through the dungeon on the Delve Generator Sheet. Available on the RuneCairn website. Oh shit. It links to the RuneCairn website. It Hell does. yeah. Good job. Um and then objectives. Completing an objective rewards you with one soul. Oh, so this is a list of things that if you do while in the dungeon, you get a soul. If you explore an area, you get a soul. If you retrieve an object, you get a soul. Um, if you infiltrate, achieve the goal by stealth or charm, and successfully exit, you get a soul. So interesting. So you have an objective, and then this explains like what each thing or what you do when it does that. I like the delve generator. It's cool. And if you yeah. look at this like delve start, there's actually like a um, what are these things called? Um, flowchart. Yes. So there's a whole flowchart of... A whole flowchart. It's really, yeah, a whole it's very, very chart. easy to read. Very straightforward. Delve start. Roll your location. Roll your objective. Roll your counter. Did you meet an NPC? Yes or no. Let's say no. Are you fighting? Let's say yes. Roll 2D6 on enemy actions each turn. And then it goes to clear encounters. Subtract one from dungeon size. Is your dungeon size one? Let's say yes. Roll 2D6 on resolution. Did you reach the objective? Yes. Challenge objective. Delve end. That's really clever really smart like i really like how straightforward that is especially for how random the roles will all be and how easily you i love flowcharts, you know. flow ch- flow man i love them we use flowcharts like this for like acls algorithms and stuff in like hospitals so it's like yeah. do they have a pulse no like you know I'm, I'm not pulling it out like when i you know in the middle of the thing but it's there if you need it um but yeah we use an algorithm to 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 save lives um so that's cool i really like that a lot um and then it's got encounter tables for like all of the areas so it's a d6 yeah. for like in runes there's like you know treasure mystery mundane obstacle and conflict and six for each one so that means six times one two three four five so 30 different options for each encounter area which is cool it's pretty good yeah it takes up a lot of pages this is where a lot of the pages in the back come from yeah is the uh is yeah um and then cooperation so we're getting into the uh the summoning an ally play.
2: yeah well
0: co-op yeah so you can play with your friend um the world of rune Cairn can be a solitary one but helping but a helping hand can be a, a ray of hope in a dark place so when resting at a bonfire, you can use an effigy stone to call out to a fallen hero and summon them for aid at the cost of one vigor. Fuck, I can't like. You can't. You're fucked, man. Because if I if I die, if I have if I have one, use it, and then die, I'm dead. That's the only way to really die. So your soul like flitters off into the fucking darkness. Um, effigy stones are exceedingly rare, and finding one is an adventure into itself. Effigy stones reach across the realms and summon a physical manifestation of a hero spirit. Summoned allies can be past or future adventurers run by a second player or additional hero control by the player. So I could let my first character die and then summon them back later to help me. That's cool that you can even do this in solo play, that yeah. you basically just have, like, two heroes. Um, combat and healing. The summoned ally fights alongside the adventurer when attacking the same target. Roll damage for both attackers and take the higher result. So it's damage advantage in the same way when there's two of you. Right. Um, on enemies turns the warden states who is targeted in each attack giving each adventure an opportunity for reaction Summon allies have a flask with one sip of mead refilled at bonfires uh and then death and rebirth summon allies are tied to the adventurer who summon them if the adventurer dies the summoned ally returns to their home they can be summoned again in the same manner but with the same cost Damn, I say, no but no could no say yeah the ally's physical body is a mortal shape. If a summoned ally dies, their spirit dissipates into mist and they return home. Uh, another cool little graphic here of two people with big hands. Um, uh, do you want to go over invasions?
1: Invasions! Of course. Just as there are benevolent heroes across the realms willing to help out an adventure in need, so are there malevolent forces who seek to sow chaos and destruction Uh, a black fetch invades an adventurer's world and stalks them seeking to strip them of their humanity and vigor um much like summoning allies a black fetch is a physical manifestation of a spectral form often the crestfallen spirit of a dead adventurer or projection of a powerful figure from another realm we've all met the crestfallen warrior you know you've played demon souls you've played dark souls you've played I think there's one in Dark Souls three as well. Um, I don't know about Maybe. two. What? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, a Black Fetch can be a following adventure uh, run by a second player uh, or an invading spirit controlled by the Warden. Consider confronting a player with a previously slain adventure or NPC returned as a Black Fetch. I'll consider I the that.
0: fuck out of that. Yeah, I'm was, gonna, If we play this and I'm the Warden, you're getting Black Fetch all day. Of course, yeah. Especially they if you lose some.
1: a character, you know, yeah. like um, in a dumb way,
0: because they don't have uh, to come Fetch- back and be like,
1: <laughs> "Fetches follow the same rules as summon allies." Uh, so they have a a meat flask with one sip. Uh, they'll continue to invade in the same area unless defeated. Um, they are spectral beings, do not fear death. Uh, they also do not flee from combat. When the Black Fletch is defeated, their spectral form dissipates and their spirit is forever banished from the area. Repelling the invader, if a Black Fetch is successfully defeated, you're rewarded one soul. Um, Or an important item that they held in life, such as a weapon, spell, or relic. Very cool. Hmm. Um, Safety check. A little safety check up here. As with any situation with potential conflict between players, check and make sure that everyone's okay with it. You know? is everyone everyone likes the PVPs? yeah
0: yeah 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 Yeah.
1: because if my player is like no i really am not into that and i don't want to do it you know what we're not doing that so that's
0: fine right yeah but i think you know uh, safety tools are amazing resources I think once you play with people long enough, generally you understand where their lines are, but it's always still good to check beforehand because you never know what might have changed personally with people. Yeah. Um, Part three is Beneath the Broken Sword, which we're not going to read. Again, we don't read adventures on here. You know where you can get their adventure. You can buy the book. You can buy the fucking book. Uh, So we're going to jump straight to part four. Browse through the (laughs) appendices real quick. Very short. Yeah. Uh, but Voland, sat alone in Wolfdale, forging red rings sealed with skill and threaded like serpents, and he waited for the shining woman, faring her way back to him. Another nice. cool piece of art. This one's gorgeous. Of, like, a lady on a boat, like, looking out across the water. This one's great. I love, again, if these are the illustrations from that person, um... I think that they fucking killed it with the amount of just movement and action that are in even these like simple pieces, like her, her, her dress is blowing and stuff. Like it's so cool. It's a really, really, really cool art style. Uh, so we got monsters here. We're not going to hit all of them. Do you want to just, uh, uh, I'll talk about the cultist, uh, six resilience, one defense, 10 strength, eight decks, 10 wit, 12 spirit, Damn, Cultist has got way better stats than I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Fanatical Zeal burns behind the eyes. They refuse to retreat and fight to the death. Roll a d20 when defeated on a one. A black tentacle bursts from the corpse and stripes for d6 magic damage. Dope. It's cool. We got, we got like a fairy butt here. On this piece of art. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, just a little fairy butt, you know? All cheeked up. Yeah. Kind of flat. man eh, not all cheeked up. I guess slightly cheeked. Um, what do you got? Uh I'll do the shade on the
1: next page. Okay. Um, three resilience, ten strength, eight decks, nine wits, four spirit. Um hollow dead devoid of humanity, a shadow of the person that was. Drawn oh, yeah, my... to the living, gathering in hordes. Dope. Also, I will uh, say that I'm, I'm looking through Johan, uh, or not Johan, uh, Jonas, La- Lau, Markison, uh, their mm-hmm. art. And I think their art's actually the small pieces we're seeing here and there on the page. I think the big colored pieces are the public domain art. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I could be wrong, but I'm looking through their stuff right now. And it's a lot more of these like white on black like Im- like images
0: interesting so like more like if like on page 50 for example if you pop on the stream like you think these illustrations on the page are that person's art um on page
1: yeah yeah, i think so i just dropped you a little link in our chat you did
0: drop me the little link oh i think oh you know what then these are it's not these that i have on the stream right now it's more than it's um it's uh like these like the Mead Hall piece I think would be theirs then.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like those little pieces. Yeah, yeah,
0: the black and white pieces. I think I think the the ones that I was talking about in the core rule section are still Colin Lassour. I think these are uh, the artists that we just said this would be Jonas Lau Marqueson, and then yeah, then those must be public domain, but they had to have been altered then. Like unless they're like modern pieces, because that that is clearly digital and like digitized in some way.
1: Yeah, I mean they probably you know did. They mean? probably ju- and they probably just threw it into like Illustrator or something. Um, and
0: and they just the, put like they a filter across it. it or something. Yeah. Well then, good job, dead people. Yeah. I love shout out, shout art. out, dead people. Shout out, <laughs> dead people um but yeah that that's that's fucking uh it's fucking room karen man we did pretty it pretty much yeah because that's the monsters there's the names physique skin and stuff in the back oh there's a pronunciation guide yeah um there is a character sheet in the very back and then yeah that's fucking good Rune very
1: straightforward it is. easy
0: to read yeah I, I, it is it is a really nice character sheet um it's definitely it's definitely very like very straightforward very utilitarian it's not super fancy there's definitely some pieces on here that are like it's got like a mead horn um it's got like uh the skull for the cursed it's got the snake across the top but otherwise it's just open boxes for you to fill stuff out like you said it's, it's very straightforward utilitarian it's nice yeah all right so that's fucking rune cairn we did it so you know what we, you know what we do now and it's only ten thirty seven. i know wow well, for you yeah, well, it's like noon, <laughs> noon 37 for you. So, uh, we are going to give our review of Runecairn Warden Saga. Um, as I do almost every week, uh, Well, I will talk about the fact that we have five things, five categories that we score in, each worth 10 points each for a total of 50. The first is art and style. Um, it is the art that's used in the book. Quantity, quality, um, and style is if there's a consistency out there, out Um, layout and function is a lot of um it's not artistically what the layout looks like it's more about like readability on the page of the layout um and function is what i talked about right at the top of the stream um when we started this it's you know hyperlinks it's bookmarks it's it's functionality and readability um in physical form things that help with readability is like a ribbon in the book and things like that that can help you uh do those kind of things uh like keep track of where you're at um rule set and crunch is is it a new rule set? If so, is it is it good? Um, if it's an adapted rule set, how well is it adapted? Crunch is. Um, does the amount of rules in the game feel appropriate for what the game is trying to achieve? Um, originality is what it sounds like. It's a broad spectrum of a little bit of lore, mechanics, you know, everything across the board. And value is bang for your buck. How much do you get? the money you spent to buy the game um i do want to go to their website real quick and see all of the free resources i can do that as we're chatting um yeah but art and style what do uh what do you what do you think you know i think it's
1: fine i i think that there were a couple of weird white spaces um I also don't think the art is like that deep, like a lot of the stuff. That's like the item representation and like some of the item representation on the character classes were we're good. I mean, it's got these really cool, like full page pieces of art here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're fairly often They're every like 10 pages or so. So thinking maybe a strong six, slight seven for art.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, five is is average. Which would just is be like,
1: it's, it is really just above average for me.
0: I think so. I think, I mean, again, it looks like the cool public domain pieces were kind of put into like a filter, um, which is nice and it keeps it consistent across the board. Um, and like you said, some of the, the illustrations on the individual pieces are pretty straightforward, just like black and white, pretty simple line yeah. work and stuff like that. Um, so nothing that really blows that out of the water. I think I think uh, six light seven is good for me, too. What do you what do you? let's go with a six then i think it i think it's a six um okay i think if
1: if the like little item representations and stuff like that had been a little bit more in depth and and there'd been a little bit more of them and a little less white space it'd be a seven
0: but i agree i agree with that okay layout and function um so (laughs) so yeah so we got we got hyperlinks which is fantastic we got bookmarks which is even better we got inline hyperlinks that reference other parts of the book which is fantastic that's about all you can ask for. That's all I really hope for. Anything above and beyond that is above and beyond. Right. Um, I think the the pages are very readable, super readable. Um, I think the character sheet is super readable. I think uh, I think it does a really good job. You know, I don't think you know when we reference other ones that did different styles of layout. Again, a lot of these things we look at in terms of what we've looked at previously. Yeah. So, um. I don't know how we gave Merc a seven on layout. I think because it was, it was difficult to read when we first started. Like when you first read Merc as a book, it's kind of difficult yeah, to I read because of how art punky it is. Yeah. In retrospect, I probably would have bumped that to an eight. Um, but layout wise, Warplane got a six for the same problem. Very artsy, but hard to read. Um, Cascade Lane got a four because it, uh, that was like a fucking slog to try to find some yeah. of that information. Orbital Blues got a six. uh, Kingdom's got a six because it was missing some headers and things like that. Um, Forbidden Psalms got a seven. Nova got an eight. Gunslinger got a seven. um, Overarms got a seven. So Uh, for me,
1: I think this one is it, it would be a nine, except there is a lot of references to rules early on that they like that. You're like, what is this? And then later on, you're like, oh, here's that um i so guess for me yeah personally i think with the lay like with the layout with the hyperlinks with the with the bookmarks this is an eight for me
0: so yeah so overarms and gun and slinger got sevens cyborg got an eight on layout nova got an eight on layout 12 years got an eight on layout do we feel like it's in the cyborg 12 years layout round yeah i'm, I'm good oh. with that I mean, also it has
1: oh. both inline hyperlinks and oh, no. like it which does. the other
0: ones didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, well, Cyborg did.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Cyborg did. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. but yeah, I uh, agree. I think, it's, I think it's there. Rule set and crunch. Um, so it's it's a hack. We know that it's not a it's not an original rule set, which isn't necessarily a negative. Um, no. it feels like it's basically into the odd with a little bit of yeah, care and thrown it in. it uses into the odd really well. It does. It does. Into the odd. I mean, kingdoms is the same thing. It's an into the odd hack. Um, We have so uh, many into
1: the odd hacks in this fucking show.
0: Uh (laughs) It's good. Marked by the odd, man. Get marked by the odd. Um, So, what are you thinking for rule set and crunch? Uh, Nova's an eight. Gun and Slinger's an eight. Overarms is an eight. Cyborg's an eight. Uh, Death and Space is a nine. Uh, 12 years is a nine. It's not a nine. It's not 12 years. It's It's not kingdoms. What do you think? What are you thinking? I don't know. Uh, I mean, Viking Death Squad was a 7, um, which uh, um, Death in Space is a 9, which again, rule set, a 9 is basically a 10 because there's no such thing as a 10. Right. We haven't hit one yet. Um, Forbidden Psalms was a 7. Mothership Red Giant. Yeah, I got it. What, uh, this one, though,
1: Like, what about this one's use of anti Odd is really good? Like, I think it's pretty. They, I
0: think it's pretty straightforward. I think they adapt Dark Souls really well to the game. They do adapt um, Dark Souls really well to the game. Yeah, and I think they use utilize Into the Odd and and Karen and a little bit of knave to do that really really well. I think yeah. it's a good mix to 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 hit. Like when you read it, you're like, oh, that's super. That is 100 directly from yeah. the game, but not in a bad way. Like you're like, yes, and no, you did no, it it's, well. It's, a, it's definitely yeah, a yeah. plus
1: to it. And then the, the yeah co-op and invasion are really interesting like even for a single player like they're very interesting rules to have and I think they're used really well and I think they make sense I would give this I this is this is like a this is like a strong seven light eight to me you're, you're I think you're it's a a strong,
0: I think it's a strong seven for me like I think it does a really good job of what it does um I don't think that it you know it that it doesn't reinvent it's the not wheel. breaking the wheel it's not reinventing yeah, the wheel yeah yeah, yeah. but um, it adapts really, really well what it's trying to do. So, for what it's trying to do, especially crunch wise, um, I think it does it incredibly, incredibly well. Um, originality. So, it's Dark Souls. It's as derivative as it could be. <laughs> it is as. Dir- it, but, 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 we haven't seen a lot of like just straight Souls like TTRPGs. A lot of people have tried. Like, a lot of people have, like, things that are kind of Souls-like-ish. Yeah, and they all kind of suck. (laughs) There are some decent ones out there that are being made. They did do, like, a Souls jam or whatever. That's that's some cool stuff. But as far as a Souls-like game, because I love Souls-like video games. Like, it, it is a genre. Yes. Right like Thanks. I love and not all souls like games are good but some are really really well done. Yeah. I think I think the ability to convert souls game into a TTRPG that is well done, well balanced, I think is really really well done. And not yeah. only that, they were they didn't just rip it completely. They put the the entire Norse setting over top of it and you're more the Norse guy than I am. I think they adapted that really well into yeah, it as well. Yeah, they did a really good job with that. And again, still keeping the balance, still keeping the mythology, still keeping all of it. I think lore-wise, because we do talk about that here, I love the idea, the whole concept of post-Ragnarok, gods are the soul remnants, like all of that kind of stuff. And again, that's probably a little bit of Dark soulsy stuff in there, too. But I think the adaptation, it does not feel forced. The Norse aspect of it doesn't feel just very, like slapped like, yeah. on. It afterwards. feels very purposely done. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that they purposely did Dark Souls really well, while purposely converting it into a Norse setting really well, I think is is really well done. Um, and I think it's pretty original in the mix of the two. You know, um, so I I like it. I think it. I think it's got a solid originality to it.
1: Yeah, I do too. I I I am really do enjoy those aspects of it. Um, I, when uh, I was For me, where I was like, it's derivative, but I mean, it is. But like in a good way.
0: I mean, but everything is. Yeah. yeah. But every. Mm. I mean, yeah,
1: everything is.
0: So. But in a good way. Yeah. I for me, this feels like an eight. Feels I'm like good a good with that. eight. I think it's where. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then value. So the cost on exalted funeral. You don't happen to pull that up, did you? Um, I do. I can do it right now. RuneCairn. Oh
1: no, I have I have his. Warm saga,
0: uh, hardcover and PDF is forty dollars. Soft cover and PDF is only twenty five dollars. Okay, that's about good. About industry standard. About industry yeah. standard. It is a hundred pages. It is beautifully done. I would love a ribbon, but that's why I have like a sweet Eye Wizard bookmark. Um. You so you value wise, is? yeah. The other thing though with value within the book itself the fact that you get the original four book rules the right. fact that you get the advanced book rules the, advanced. the fact that you get the separate zine intro adventure within the same book i think is really good i think we do yeah. need to give a little bit more weight to games that have intro adventures within the book because it's literally like this is the best way this is this is what it was designed to run yeah, i really like that very fair. Um, And then when you look at the website, there's a lot of stuff on the website. Um, I don't know why the website's going kind of weird now. Uh, But there's like a monster hack article that you can look at. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, Okay. It's doing like a perma scroll down for some weird reason. You you
1: doing okay, old man? You know how to use a computer?
0: Oh yeah, I think my whole browser window here is just being a pain in the butt. Like I'm not able to pull stuff out of the browser window. What are you doing with your life here? Oh nothing oh. really. Ah, yeah, I'm an old man that couldn't figure it out. My the book was sitting on the space bar, <laughs> just spacing away. Um, so yeah. So it's got a lot of cool stuff on the website um, to, uh, to fill out a little bit of the information. Um, hacking Cairn into a Dark Souls TPG RPG, there's like a cool article on explaining a lot of like what happens with it. Um, there's an article here on fast monster hacking using Word and Excel to build a better monster. Cool. So, it's kind of neat. It's more explainer than than like bonus material. Than
1: bonus material. Yeah. Well, I think that I yeah. mean, right now with the with the adventure that's in it with the Delver, I think it's sitting at a good seven for me for value.
0: You know, I think price, it's sitting at a good seven too. Value are
1: twenty-five for a soft cover is pretty good. You know, usually we're looking at thirty-five sometimes, so ten dollars yeah. less. I'm okay with yeah. It feels like a good seven to me.
0: Yeah, I think it feels like a, a solid seven to me as well. So across the board, um Pretty consistently, you know, above average for the game. Um, we got even if you do it, you know, I'm going to do it. We got a what did you get? I that up because you were doing it. Oh, I got a 36. Good cool. solid 36. score. I think that fits about let's see where let's see where that is in the scope of other games in that realm um uh troika exactly the same score as troika and that feels good to me that feels good to me yeah i feel good about that uh warpland had a 33 uh casketland had a 36 um red giant had a 37 i do feel like this is right behind that the original mothership had a 36 um okay. part of that was the art and style was pretty right. I think the new expanded one will jump that up pretty high. Um and then uh Overarms had a 36. That feels right to that me. Feels this feels
2: perfect.
0: like <laughs> in the exact same realm as I as Overarms to me. Because Cyborg had like a 42, Death and Space had a 42, um uh Necronolis has been bumped up to like a 43. So so yeah. Um i think this is great 36 uh i'm super excited to play this game yeah uh it it's it looks super interesting um i love that it's a two-player game that you can do like the co-op stuff i really really like not only is it just it's not just like oh throw another adventurer on it's like no summon an ally or yeah. like summon the black fetch and do like pvp or co-op um and i'm not ever going to get over just how gorgeous it's a great the great cover, cover is it's a really i mean good cover the colors alone are just, ugh, killing it for me. Um, so that is Runecan Warden Saga from Colin Lasore at Odin's Beard RPG. Um, check out their website. Um, it is buyodinsbeardrpg.com. Um yeah super glad i got this super glad we reviewed it um again this jumps right to the top of like the top five of games that i really want to run when we actually start doing some ap's
1: yeah Um, and that's a stream for today this summer it's like soon so
0: oh we will we will you know i got some i got some life changes coming up quick so i think by the end of by the end of uh what month are we in now april may May. We're in May. By the beginning of June, I think, uh, like mid-June, I'll be situated. And then, yeah, we can just start running some APs. Um, cool. So, a podcast land, vodcast land, do us a solid. Go follow all of our socials, especially our YouTube. We are creeping towards 300 subscribers on YouTube. Once we hit 500, Woo. Jason said we get to do some cool stuff at 500, like post more interesting things. Like, you you unlock shit at 500. So. Makes sense go go just just go follow the adventure archive on youtube um and you can find the rest of our socials on the podcast here or they're linked in our link tree on all the rest of our stuff but more than anything do us a solid like and subscribe on youtube we would really appreciate it um and uh we do we do we really appreciate it um we we recently especially after cyborg had a, a big bump in viewership across youtube and um and uh the podcast and spotify and apple podcast and we do we really appreciate you guys listening um yeah. just to two fucking assholes that really probably have no idea what we we're don't talking know about
1: shit about anything thanks for listening
0: <laughs> and we appreciate it
1: garbage.
0: yep absolutely so <laughs> um but we appreciate that you guys apparently like garbage so <laughs> thanks a bunch subscribe to our youtube that's our podcast for today um hunter you have a wonderful day keep drinking a your wonderful day caffeine seltzer while i go to bed i'm actually gonna take a nap even though i drank it already so there you go um and we will announce what we're gonna do like wednesday thursday this week no idea yet have a wonderful day we'll see you guys all later farewell